What's up, everyone? Welcome to Game Face, episode 377 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host for the show and also the founder of Sifted. And I will say, feeling a little bit better than I did last week, but still not great. Matt, this madness is still going on. Madness. It is madness. Madness. It really is. Um, so, update for you guys on what's going on with like our credit card processor and everything. We're in a waiting game right now. So, we've basically disputed all the chargebacks and did all the paperwork for all that, at least so far, as I was driving here, three more chargebacks rolled in. Uh, but as based upon what we have so far, I've put in all the dispute requests. And I'm just waiting for our processor to rule on them. I The chances of us winning the dispute are, are slim to none, but I still did it. And then there's like other problems, like the credit card processor company sucks. And like we told them there were IDs that we couldn't refund and that they needed to do it and they didn't do it. And now chargebacks are coming in for those ID. I'm really starting to think that maybe our processor is on the hook here a little bit legally for some of this stuff that's going on. I would think so. Because they're not giving us the means to dispute the chargebacks, mm -hmm. which is a big deal. So some of them are already, we did get like one already that we lost because we just didn't, weren't able to upload the proof of what happened. And so we're going back and forth with our customer service and their customer service sucks. It's, it's awful, but I'm not like fresh off devastation like I was for <laughs> last week's show. So I'm feeling a little bit better. Also starting to get the hang a little bit of doing the show this way. I was just telling Matt before we went on air, uh, I have anxiety doing before doing the show now because there's so many changes and things that I have to keep track of. Um, and Matt brought up correctly that in a week or two, it'll be gone and I'll be able to do it and it'll be like riding a bike. But right now, I'm still a little bit on edge in addition to all the other stuff I've been dealing with away from this show. So uh, I do want to say thank you to some people who went and pledged at our Patreon. Some of them were people who did get kicked off of our old subscription system, but some of them were just people from YouTube who were like, you know what? Now is the time for me to support Sifted and to support Shane and Matt. Um, and some people got off the sidelines and our Patreon went up a little bit, which is nice to see because it really had just kind of been sitting still for a while. So thanks to everybody who is trying to help in any way that they can. I appreciate it. I'll keep you guys in the loop on all this stuff. Um, as it gets updated and as it happens, but that's the latest that I have for you guys right now on the whole credit card hacking issue. Um, hopefully, in the not-too-distant future, we got to put that behind us. Matt, how was your week this week? All right. I don't think I don't think much happened, really. The weather here is a nightmare. <laughs> I know we talked about it last week. It has really not stopped raining since last week. Mm -hmm. A couple days here and there, it got dry. Um it's so funny. We, we thought, you know, we had a drought for like eight years. Like we have no drinking water. We're going to start buying water from like these other states or whatever. And now it has rained for like two years straight. Yeah. Remember last winter, how brutal last winter was? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a lot like that this winter. But you can't trust it because the California like kind of irrigation and drainage system, especially in Southern California, is not built for it. Yeah. There's nowhere to capture that water. Yep. So it's going to be right back to the drought in two years anyway. It's it's infrastructure, as they say. Yeah. Um, and that's like a just that's a failing of California. You know, Sacramento is just one a of mess. the most ridiculous, <laughs> messy, corrupt places you ever. And I'm not. That's not a political party thing. It's like either one. No matter Both who's sides, in charge, yeah. it's all just it's always a been a gigantic mess. mess. Yeah. Probably because California is basically like the fifth, fourth, fourth or fifth largest economy on the planet. It's basically a country. It's basically its own country, but state governments aren't built to run that. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, that's what you get. Yep. 
So anyway, hope you guys are doing good. Hope the weather's better where you guys live. It's very rare that we are jealous of other people's weather. I'm not. <laughs> you never are? No. Are you okay with the rain? I like and, your, I'm yeah. fine with it. I come from San Francisco. Yeah, it, that's it was, true. We did get a lot more of it there than we get here. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, so hopefully you guys are all doing good. You guys have had a good week. We have a great show today again. Um, I know a lot of people looked at 2024 and they were like, hmm, that doesn't look like it's going to be a very good year. So far, it's been pretty damn good. Like, we've had plenty of games to talk about on Game Face. Mm -hmm. We have plenty today. Uh, we're going to talk about oh, also. Yeah, plenty to talk about. I wouldn't say plenty of good. That's that's a good point. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we Although are I will say, uh, okay, so a game today called uh, Bellatro came out today. Bellatro? Yeah. Oh, I saw that actually. It's on, on pretty much every platform. Uh, hot take, game of the year candidate. Really? It is one of the best things I've played in a very long time. Wow. It is a poker roguelike. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> like I, I, That sounds crazy. It's and awesome. amazing. It's, Do you it's, like poker, Matt? Yeah, I like poker. Yeah. But I especially like poker when you build a deck out of crazy, like, magical cards and have to, like, and modify them with joker cards. And then you have to, like, hit a certain goal of money. But, like, the, you play the po poker hands and it points them up uh-huh and then you can get multipliers and the other cards like modify those multipliers so like, you can add stuff to your deck so you could have like a deck just like all hearts oh and then you get you have cards that give you like plus four times four multiplier every time you play a heart so all of a sudden it's like four 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 uh. four and now all of a sudden instead of making 400 points you made 1200 12,000 points and that's how you beat the boss interesting that's so kind of cool it's like 15 bucks wow it's, it's great i'll give it a look super super indie but it's like it's one of the my nicest surprises i've had in a long, long time. Wow. Like, it's the best game I've played since Spider-Man 2. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's some big words from Matt Kyle. You just heard but that. I What's the game called again? Bellatro. We will talk about that game in next week's show. I will also Came give out it a today. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I played the demo during the next fest, and I was like, this is really good. One of my friends on Steam has played the demo for 15 hours. <laughs> wow. Because it's that good. Wow. That's great. I will have it in next week's show. I promise you. Um... Poker. I used to like poker. My friends have become so serious into poker that I can't enjoy it anymore. Mm. So, for example, um, I go to Philadelphia for a big fantasy football draft every year over Labor Day weekend. And we've been doing, the league's been going for 27 years or whatever. We're all like best friends from college and from like the rave scene. We're all DJs and that kind of stuff. And we're all great friends. But they have all just become crazy poker heads. And at first it was cool, mm. like... I'd jump on Poker Stars or whatever. We'd play online on Saturday nights or Sunday nights or whatever so we could hang out or whatever. But they have gone crazy. Like, one of my really close friends, the guy who I've talked about before, who's a big uh, rave DJ um, agent, he doesn't need to work anymore. And he has just become a professional poker player and plays in all these huge tournaments, ends up on television and stuff. Well, anyway... At the end of our draft last year, usually we finish the draft and we've been drinking all day and we're rowdy and then we play poker. Well, this year it got to the point where I could no longer play poker with them mm. because they had become too good and too serious about it that any little mistake I made, they're like, oh, 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 and I just got tired of it. I was like, okay. Yeah, you guys high end poker people get mad because like you can't play effectively against someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Oh, they hate it. Yeah, yeah. And it's I like, actually play like, on that. I'm like, you think I'm stupid mm -hmm. and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to use that against you. I've actually won tournaments like that against these people. Yeah, you're just, you you disrupt all poker strategy when you can't be predicted. Yeah, exactly. And like the weird thing about them is like like people like that will blame you. Oh, they blame me. Like, oh, yeah. like, that's why I quit like, playing. No, I'm doing that because I know that's you need that to survive. And so I was like, well, that's not poker etiquette. I'm like, oh, I've said that before, too. Etiquette. I'm like, I know that you think I don't know what I'm doing, mm -hmm. and I use that against you. And they get mad. Mm -hmm. They don't want to play with me. And I could tell that they're getting irritated, so I just quit. Yep. And I was like, all right, cash me out. And I was like, 
I guess we're not doing this anymore after draft. I mean, I, I mean a bunch of my friends up north were doing that. We're into poker, like, but that was like when World Series of Poker got big, yeah. like fifteen years ago. Uh-huh. And we every time I go, there be poker games and things like that. But I, that all basically faded away. Like, it's not, not you know, it's not cool. Anymore. Not for my friends. <laughs> it's even well, it takes now a while. For, it takes a while for the trends to hit uh, Central Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's true. So. Well, they're from Philly, actually, but oh, okay. still, it is slower there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's check in with you guys and see what you guys are up to. Um, let's see. Vincent's explaining that the game you're talking about is like Slay's Aspire, but it's actually poker. Um, Link So Good says Bellatro has got a lot of buzz. Hope the hype is real. Well, according to Matt, it definitely is. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a deck building game, which is Slay the Spire. Okay. Um, I've never played Slay the Spire, actually. Um, anyone playing Last Epoch? I'm not playing Last Epoch. What about you, Matt? Nope. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> It's, it's even further underground, really. <laughs> um, Mike's well, Q says, stop complaining. We we're on our third fall spring and second, second surprise winter back here in PA. So mm-hmm. it has only snowed really one time in Pennsylvania this winter. I'm sure that's fine. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, the, I mean, I don't know if it's climate, whatever it is, is out of the ordinary for sure. I mean, it is El Nino this year, so it's mm-hmm. going to be weird around, all around. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's not, it's not normal. Yep. Uh, Shane A28, thank you for Twitch Prime. It's awesome. It's certainly Mexican, thank you. Texture Glitch, thank you. Um, and again, people who listen to this show on any of the podcast services or watch it on YouTube, particularly on YouTube, go down into the, the uh, clip description below and it will teach you how to help us with Twitch Prime. It get, it's free. You can give us a free 250 every month just because you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. Mike's Q, thank you. What else we got here? AJ the Legend, thank you. Eric Scott, thank you. Ptor91, one of our biggest supporters, thank you very much. 14-month streak there. That's huge. So thanks, everybody. Hope you guys are all having an excellent week. And one thing I've noticed that I do not do with this new setup is scroll back down to the beginning of chat. I always forget Mm -hmm. that I remembered this time. Hopefully I'll remember the rest of the show. Uh, Before we get on with the show, because we do have a big show, we have like three games, a big topic about Xbox going third party, and we got a pretty big housekeeping today. But first, we want to do something fun. So Justin Horman is also one of our biggest supporters and has been from the beginning. You may remember he sent me a Christmas gift um, that was the new crazy expensive PlayStation 5 controller. Um, And I talked about how I love it, but the battery life ain't great. Well, he sent Matt something for his birthday, and Matt has not opened it. Um, he does not know what's in there, and we're going to open it live right here on Game Face. And a big thanks to Justin Horman for hooking it up. All right, Matt, give it an open. See what's in there. Feel free to wish Matt a happy birthday if you missed it last week. Sir Spider and Painted Demise, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's heavy. Uh oh. Seems to be books. It does. Marvel books. What could it be? Star Wars? Yeah. Something. I see Darth Vader on the back. Yeah, Star Wars The Empire Legends. So this is the old, um, was it Purge Republic? Yeah, these are the, basically these are the old Dark Horse comics that are now done by Marvel um, that take place between the prequels and the original movies. Oh, really? So it kind of tells the story of the Fills in the gap. How the Republic fell and at what happened after Order 66 and Vader hunting down uh, Jedi and things like that. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, they're good. They're, they're a good series. Do you already have it? I have old copies of them. You do? <laughs> um, it's so hard to buy you anything. It is hard. Yeah. Um, but these are nicer, like, kind of 
Hardbacks. These are nicer hardback collections of them. That's very cool. Cool. So thank awesome. You, thank you, Justin. Yeah, that's a freaking great gift. That's a very thoughtful gift for Matt, for sure. Um, as someone who is consistently trying to find things to buy for Matt, it is impossible. Mm. I don't, actually, I don't know if I don't think I do still have. I think I got rid of those. I read them back oh, yeah? in the day, but there was a you know there's a point where I purged most of my physical heart comic books. Okay. Because there, there's just no. No room for that anymore. Yeah, like even I, in your house. <laughs> I brought some long boxes of my old X Men stuff back from from up north, and uh, I don't really know what I'm going to do with them. Yeah, like my, my mom, my mom, and my sister wanted them out of the storage locker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm just like, I don't know. And so I'm like, oh, I, I don't need these anymore. Then you open them up and you smell them, and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> like, hey, I won't sell them yet. Like, That's all it yeah. takes. It's funny how those senses can be so powerful. Oh yeah, sense of smell and things that you wouldn't associate. The old with. Factory bulb is right next to where you store your memories. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty. Crazy. Crazy. So, Justin Horman, thank you, brother, for buying Matt a birthday gift. There's a round of applause for you. I don't even know if he's on the stream or not, but if he's, he watches the archive, he'll see it and hear it. Noxatronitis, thank you for Twitch Prime. You guys are awesome. Thanks, everybody, for hooking us up. Um, Cinetyke says, happy belated birthday. Um, Cinetyke is asking, are those graphic novels or regular just text novels? They're graphic novels. They're collections of uh, monthly comics okay. that were put out back in the 2000s. Okay. In the, in the after episode three, basically. Awesome. Um, They're pretty good. Also, the, if you can dig up the old uh, Dark Horse Legends Clone Wars book, where they kind of filled in the Clone Wars gaps between episode two and three, those are very good. None of them are canon anymore, but uh, they're pretty cool. Okay. There was a one episode, one story arc where Hayden Blackman, who wrote uh, Force Unleashed and several other and Mafia Three and a number of other games. But he um, he wrote an arc on a moon of Naboo where uh, the the separatists had uh, murdered literally every Gungan on it. Oh, and there were famously these huge double page splash pages of just endless like like miles of dead Gungans rotting in like mud. Oh and wow! Stuff. And like that's where the whole book took place. And it was just <laughs> it was he was basically just like if you, oh you hate Jar Jar here you go like here's, <laughs> here's your favorite comic ever. That's pretty great. Um, so anyway, thanks again, Justin Horman, both for my Christmas gift and for Matt's birthday gift. It's really awesome of you uh, to do that. So we appreciate it very much. And with that, I think it's time to get into the housekeeping. Again, lots of content in today's show, lots of stuff to get to. Um, we're going to kick things off with housekeeping, talking about Switch 2. So this week, a story broke from a journalist in, believe I believe, I believe Brazil, I think was the original person yeah, who, I think that's right. who posted it. And I, actually, I should have written it down. We try to give credit to people who break stories here on Game Face at every chance we can. And I made the mistake of not writing down his name. He works for a small publication, but somehow he got word that the Switch 2 had been delayed out of 2024 and was going instead to be released in early 2025. It was some, it was some third-party briefing thing. And they they said he said that, that he had five independent sources confirming it. Yeah, and is, so obviously we don't know much about him, but he really seemed sure. Which still for me, Matt, was not good enough. Mm -hmm. So when I first saw his story, I'll just be honest with you, we did not curate the story initially to sifted. I'm usually pretty good at this stuff, figuring out where sources are, whether sources are reliable or not. And just so you know. I am doing that with everything we put on Sifted. I am looking at it very closely, trying to figure out whether we should put it in front of you. So I was very reluctant to run it at first. And then Eurogamer came in and said, oh, we've been hearing the same thing. We heard the same thing. Essentially, three different outlets ended up corroborating the story. And Matt, it looks like Switch 2 is delayed out of 2024, putting obviously a huge crimp in my fantasy team. I drafted Metroid Prime 4 with my 10th pick. 
Mm-hmm. Drafted at 10 for a reason, knowing that yeah. this might happen. Well, now you get uh, Skull, Skull and Bones. bones. <laughs> Quite a drop-off. Enjoy, enjoy your 66. <laughs> Is it at 66? It went uh, up a little something bit? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about that game in a minute. Um, I got Helldivers, too. That did okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, for your alternate or for your... Uh, first alternate. First alternate. But I'm sure I will. You probably it. will need yeah. it, like we always do. I'll yeah. have 409,000 concurrent users over the weekend of Steam. <laughs> it's insane. Like, that thing is burning the charts. It's the 24th most consecutive users in Steam history. Yeah. I'm glad it's doing well because I'm selling my copy on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I have no interest in playing it again, uh, but that means that it'll sell. I didn't even easily. realize that they sold that physically. Yeah, yeah, I got it at uh, Best Buy. Wow, it's only forty bucks. Yeah. So anyway, um, we got some news about Nintendo. It looks like the the reason that they're saying is that and this doesn't add up to me, Matt. Honestly, they're saying that the reason is that Nintendo doesn't feel it has enough exclusive software ready for it. Hmm. Does that not strike you as odd? Not really. Like, if they're having delays on the software, you know, like, I'm sure they had a plan, but, like, you know. It's been 10 years since Mario Kart 8. Yeah, well, they've, no, it's not like they haven't been supporting it, so they've yeah. really been, we've been working on that for a few years. But you, th- but again, you got to come out of the gate with Mario Kart 9 flawless. Yeah. Like you you got to nail, and, you know, who knows? Metroid I mean, Prime 4, I mean, Metroid again. Prime 4 only started redevelopment five years ago. <laughs> only just, five just years like, ago. Just like Silk Song. <laughs> um... It seems like they should have software ready for You'd it. I think, but I mean, it, you know, spring next year is pretty close to yeah. the same thing. I mean, also, like, this isn't really a delay because they never announced it. They never anything. announced it, yeah. Like, you can't delay something that has no actual date. That's true. It's just what everybody was expecting. Well, I mean, there are other reports that said it was coming that were yeah. just as reliable as this one, saying that it sure. was coming this year, so. Um, but I just think it's funny that people are, like, mad about this, like, as though Nintendo did something wrong, where it's like, yeah. they never fucking announced it. They never it. said anything. It's not like they announced it and said, oh, sorry, we gotta move it back six months. Yeah. It's like, they, they waited until they knew when they're putting it out to put, announce it. They haven't even announced it yet. What are you upset about? I mean, you're upset that you don't get to play the Switch stuff this year, sure, but, like, what are you talking about? Like, they did it, they did everything right. Like, yeah. they, they, nobody, disapp- they didn't disappoint you, you disappointed yourself right because like, you well we all kind of fell for the fact that it was coming out this year but again there was, was like, i mean was a fair assumption, yeah but like it's just like, yeah that stuff until it's official you don't know until you get that pre-order in like i don't believe it until it's in my hands really yeah well then the big s factor becomes what happens to the second half of switch for this year yeah it's I mean, better have some more remasters ready to go i guess <laughs> exactly. i don't know exactly um i mean there is this seems to be kind of a trend. Uh, Sony's got a similar thing going on, so I guess it's Microsoft's the only one with like <laughs> exactly making games. The, <laughs> the what kind of crazy topsy turvy world? <laughs> it's the upside up down in? world for sure. And then I don't know if it's just conveniently worked out this way, but there is also a Nintendo Direct tomorrow morning at six a.m. Pacific, nine a.m. Eastern. That is all third parties. So it's part. Mm. It's a partner Nintendo Direct. I'm guessing Nintendo's going to rely on third parties to get them through the second half of the year. Yeah. Seems like it. But, you know, third-party support is so abysmal on Switch. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, they've... More streaming stuff of games that came out four years ago on the other platforms. Who knows? Yeah. Like, it's... it's, It it is a downside if you don't have Nintendo stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there'll be other... I mean, I'm sure there's a Kirby game ready to go somewhere. Like, there's always a Kirby game ready to come out. (laughs) Kirby game, Kirby game, Kirby game. (laughs) Nintendo has fallen into that trap before, for sure. Yeah, we'll get a DLC pack up for Zelda. Well, you know, I don't know. 
add some more levels to wonder like you know, yeah. there's, there's a bunch of stuff you can you can sort of fill to try to with. stretch it across six months yeah. i mean the first hint that this was happening was nintendo saying in its financial report that it was relying on the first switch to float the boat for this year mm-hmm. that was kind of the first time i was like uh-oh that's not encouraging if you're hoping for switch in 2024 um, and as it turns out, it looks like we're not getting the Switch 2 in 2024. Any personal feelings about this at all? No. Yeah. I mean, it saves me having to figure out how to pre-order the thing yeah. sooner. Yeah, going through the hassle of trying to get yeah. one. Yeah, Nintendo is one of the big three that does still get semi-hardware, so hopefully I don't have to worry about that. But you never know. Things change. Um, but anyway, if you're excited about Switch 2 in 2024, you might want to cool your jets because it does not look like it is coming, and it looks like it still might make the financial year Meaning, come out before March thirty first. Yeah, sounds like they they haven't moved it out of there, but like we'll see. March was a good month to release the first one in, so why yeah. not? I mean, you're right. That's I mean, it may just be replicating exactly what it did with. Can't blame them for that. Also, by the way, this news made Nintendo's stock tank. Despite that, Nintendo is still the most valuable company in Japan as of right now. Mm. It has over $11 billion, Matt, in cash. Mm-hmm. They've always had crazy cash reserves. Do you remember back in like the GameCube era? Mm-hmm. Everybody thought, oh, the GameCube tank, Nintendo's going out of business. And back then, Pimpe and Yamauchi was like, oh, no. we got." Mm-hmm. Back then, they had $5 billion in cash. And he's like, we could run this company into the ground for the next 50 mm-hmm. years with this amount of cash. Now they have double that. I mean, Nintendo's just a juggernaut. Yeah. It just is. Um, it has played its cards right. Um, well, they also, like, you know, Nintendo doesn't really fall for the infinite growth nonsense. They mm-hmm. don't chase trends. Yeah. They figure their own thing out. They want to come up with a, a way to, like, be in the market without having to compete with anybody else. Yeah. Which, and they've, and it's all mostly worked. I mean, that, that was also the thinking behind the Wii and the Wii U. That just didn't work out very well for the Wii U. Um yeah, like you can't argue with with their success on that, and they've always kept cash reserves like crazy. Like that was a Yamauchi staple. Oh yeah. Um, and then the of course, pimp hand. And they add, I mean, a lot of that ten billion probably comes from the the DS, like the DS Still. printed money. <laughs> it really did. I mean, let's be honest. Other than the Wii U, and the GameCube to an extent, like yeah. Nintendo's kind of printed money. Yeah, Game, <laughs> GameCube was really more like it was the second in a row that didn't dominate the right. generation, which yeah. like which is why people still, were like, "Oh my gosh, what's happening?" There yeah. were still people, you know, hot off the Super Nintendo era who like didn't know if Nintendo could survive if they weren't top dog. Yeah, um, which was clearly not the case. Yeah, uh, it does seem like they pivoted pretty hard in how they ran things once Nintendo sixty four turned out to be what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they kind of figured out how to operate in the shadows in that regard. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I don't think Nintendo is really is really vincible at any at any in any sense like they could they could fuck up for three generations and still be around if they wanted to still laugh yeah laugh it off and even on top of that they've branched their ip out into movies now and like you know they're gonna have those income streams like yeah like it they're fine yeah be fine they can do whatever the hell they want yep absolutely um so anyway that's the latest on switch 2 again looks like it's not coming out in 2024 you guys saying anything about this any questions you guys have about it? Just want to check real quick before we move on. I'd like to keep you guys involved. Uh, Vincent says the partner direct is supposed to be only the first half of 2024 stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Though there will be other teases. They did say I think it's 25 minutes long. 
Um, I'll see it later. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely. Yeah, we'll have it curated to sifted. I'm not gonna probably be awake when it's actually happening, though. I'll just let you know right away. Some of y'all will be because some of you guys are in Europe, so it won't really matter to you the time. But us folks in Europe or in uh, the U.S. That's real early. Uh, next up in housekeeping, um, we're gonna switch gears from Nintendo to PlayStation. I saw somebody in chat um, mention that Nintendo and PlayStation right now are kind of on two different trajectories. Although kind of similar, as you pointed out, because it seems like neither one of them is going to have a lot of software for this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But PlayStation also posted its financials over the last week, and there was some weird stuff coming out of that, Matt. Like, I was like, what is going on? So they still haven't appointed their new president, which is a little Mm -hmm. weird. I know Patrick keeps thinking that a female is going to be appointed uh, appointed to that position. We'll see how that works out. Um, But they still don't have a president, so the VP is the one who's giving these financials. And I don't know if that has anything to do with the messaging here, just pointing it out. Um, but some weird stuff coming. The first thing that kind of struck me as odd was that he mentioned that we are in the latter half of the PlayStation 5 life cycle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you look at the the chronology of it, maybe, because mm-hmm. we're at like year four three year. or four. Year three and a half. Yeah. Know. So if it's a seven-year cycle, you're kind mm-hmm. of at the middle there. Yeah. I mean, that tracks because you're going to put... If you put that out, put out the PlayStation 6 in 2026, that means Wolverine is mm-hmm. a launch title, more or less. Yeah. Or it'll straddle both. Right, I guess. It'll, it'll be both, but I mean, it's going to be. It'll be there for a Miles Morales is going to be like, Wolverine's right. going to be your, your Kind push. of the same exact thing. Yep. Um, so, I, I mean, I, the way it was phrased, it made it sound like he was saying, like, time is running out. <laughs> On yeah. PlayStation 5, because some of the other things that he said... I think he was just being... I think he was just speaking of it the way they speak of it internally, and gamers aren't used to that, could be. that kind of talk. Because yeah. it's, it's not like a doom and gloom thing. It's just like, yeah, this thing lasts about six years. They know that. Six, mm-hmm. seven years. And, yeah, you're in the latter half of the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Like, it's very, it's not because it's We may be only a month into the latter yeah. half, but we, well, are, we are, technically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think the bigger thing that at least hit me and probably hit most fans is that they also admitted, and I hate to use the word admitted, that's kind of a loaded word, but they stated that there are going to be no big first party sequels coming out mm-hmm. the rest of the fiscal year. So the rest of 2024 and the first couple months of 2025, no big mm-hmm. sequels. So no Spider-Man, no God of War, none Just of the... Just game as a service new shit. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that seems to be what's happening there. Mm-hmm. Matt, it feels like for most platforms, that would be a death sentence. But it just feels like something the PlayStation just shrugs right off. Yeah, look, well, they, they're they so far ahead. Like, they, you know, like as if you look at Twitter and you like people talking about this, people talking about on a reset era, any, really anywhere, Reddit, like you'll find tons of people, even like just hardcore game people, are just like, I don't care because I play all my games on PlayStation. It's like... You know, to them, Dragon's Dogma 2 is a PlayStation game. Right. You know, like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, it, you know, it, they, as long as they have something to play, they don't care if it specifically comes from Sony because they don't have an Xbox. They mm-hmm. don't, you know, a lot of them don't have a Switch, which is weird to me. But, like, you know, yeah. I mean, not that I'm a huge Switch proponent, but it's like, why wouldn't you want to play Nintendo stuff? Um, I mean, that's why I have one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it, as long as there's games coming out, PlayStation people don't generally care. Like, they've just got the system to play everything. Um, it doesn't super apply to me because I play most stuff on PC. I was at this point because of the because of the forty ninety, but like, um, not Hell Divers though because I didn't want kernel level anti cheat stuff fucking with my OS. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm a little shocked that that many people are playing Helldivers 2 on PC when that is the anti-cheat. Yeah, that's, usually that's, they rebel against that. Yeah, but mm, apparently it's just too good. Too good to pass up. <laughs> I'll never understand that game. I um, never will. <laughs> I'm glad other people are enjoying it. I'll never understand it, though. But um, definitely not just because it's a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, I didn't expect PC people to embrace that game. It's the crazy. Way they did, but yeah. they did. Yeah. Um, like, well, I mean, good for those guys. They're, 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 yeah, the yeah. team seems legit, and they're like, we're not. We don't want to do crazy. You know, sell things, and we don't want to. You know, we don't. We we don't want to do PvP because we know what our strength is, and it's PVE, and also PVE leads to less toxic community. Like responsible. I'm, yeah. I'm into it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think PlayStation. I think they just know that like they are video games to so many people that it doesn't matter if it's their games or someone else's games coming out as long as something comes out. I mean, it's a great position be, to be in. <laughs> you'd be shocked at how many people just think of Call of Duty as a PlayStation game. No, you're right. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. It's pretty crazy though. I mean, imagine if Nintendo didn't have any exclusives for. I mean, their third party support isn't as good, so it would be more glaring. I mean, I but... think they, they they worded it carefully. Like they didn't say no exclusives. They said no no, no IP sequels. Well, we so... know that third party stuff like Silent Hill is coming. Yeah, and well, and also I mean Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. There's probably some first party stuff that's all you know. That's not sequels. The game as a service or original IP. Mm -hmm. Maybe people aren't as excited. You know, people talk about how they want original IP, and then they're not excited when original IP. Yeah, shows it's up. true. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's probably significant that they said that after Helldivers two came out mm -hmm. because that is still a sequel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's. I think it is probably a, a a result of kind of that, you know, that delay that caused so many so many things that were supposed to come out in twenty twenty two to come out last year on mm -hmm. top of all the things that were, were supposed to come out in twenty twenty three. Yeah. And now you got the the teams that were supposed to put something out in twenty twenty two got delayed by COVID and whatever. Like they are, they don't have anything to put out now. Yeah, you know, and also like the, the development times are just getting longer. Like you used to be able to expect reliably about a two, two and a half year window between two games from the same team, and now it's more like four or five at least. Yeah. Um, so it's just you know, yeah, growing pains to some degree, but growing pains are <laughs> leading to shrinkage. I do wonder though, like people in chat who maybe only own a PlayStation Five, do you care? I, I don't mean, know because you haven't scrolled the chat down. No, I always do this. <laughs> sorry guys. Well, it's sorry for Matt really. Um, Legacy says, I'm not surprised by no sequels because they haven't announced it. Because they don't have to announce them. Like, you mm. know there's another God of War coming. You know there's another Last yeah. of Us coming. All you need to know is basically, all they need to say is this year. Yeah. Next year. Like, whatever. I mean, they don't have to announce it. And even them. then, they lie. Yeah. So, God of War was never coming out in 2021. We knew that. But, like, you say it because you like, want people to think it's coming. Yeah. And then Cinetype brings up something else that was revealed in the financial reporting, which is that PlayStation's operating margins were down to 6%. And they were 12 to 13% for years and years. Um, one thing also that the VP mentioned was that PlayStation needs to work more with PC. Mm -hmm. So PlayStation's looking for these new revenue sources, basically. Um, Helldivers 2 is going to perk them up on that, for sure. That helps, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, I mean, that's a surprise to them, even. Yeah. I mean, it was a surprise to the developers that this is happening. So I mean, hence why no one can get in the game. Right. Yeah, still. Yeah, it's still I think disaster. they're supposed to start fi fixing that today. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so No one thought that game was going to sell, like, 3 million <laughs> copies. Like that's No, just, no way. Uh, I mean, I like that game, but I, no, I would never have predicted that. Me either. I don't think any... Oh, obviously, the development team didn't even predict it. So. No, no. <laughs> and then... Um, 
couple of the other things that he mentioned was that the, overall the PlayStation 5 is slowing down and sales this last fiscal year were a disappointment. Now, to be fair, their projections were really high. I mm-hmm. think they projected like 25 million or yeah, something. They really seem to think that ready, ready availability of the console was going to lead to much ballooning sales, basically. And that also is not feels like happened. the channels weren't really flooded until like the holidays. No. I mean, it was there, but it wasn't like there. Like the holidays, also, I went to stores, I saw piles. Also, of they're underestimating how many people got what they wanted. I mean, nobody waited four years to get a place. You know, it's, yeah. They found one. One way or the other, even, yeah. even some of the I, I know people that paid a thousand dollars to a scalper. To, yeah, yeah. To get oh, one, I've re- you know? I have relatives that did it. Yeah, yeah, and they're wealthy and they didn't care, but mm. still they paid the scalpers. Which I was like, don't, don't encourage the trolls. Like, leave mm. them alone. Um, so sales disappointment, according to PlayStation, the PlayStation Five is even though I think it's still tracking around where the PS4 is. Like, yeah, they just seem to expect something to explode more than it's like capitalism, like you're talking about earlier. Yeah, you have to, it always has thing. to be better and bigger, and that leads to your stock getting beat up because mm-hmm. PlayStation stock, since this financial report, has lost ten billion dollars of value mm-hmm. as a company. Sony has lost ten billion dollars mm-hmm. of value. Line since, has to go up since this financial report. It's very silly. It really is. It's uh, it's it's a myth of capitalism that uh, feels like it's become more prevalent in the last like 10, 15 years, yeah. uh, which is weird if, for people who lived through 20, 2008. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, that's that's you're setting yourself up for, for failure on that. Like you you want to dominate, you know, a market, sure, but there's limits to every market. Yeah. Like like and console games feels like maybe they hit it at this point until really something does. you know. Like, there was a huge expansion after 3D became a thing and online became a thing on the top of that. But there was always going to be a... I mean, there's only so many people that want to do that. And mm-hmm. maybe, you know, 70% of the population is it. Yeah. You know, like, and, like, you are you can make billions of dollars off that. Yeah. Like, you do not need... <laughs> like, you know, it's sort of like if you were... It's, it's like, you weird. make five billion this year, like if you, you make the, six if the next you live, year. If you live in, like, a small town in, like, the, in like the frontier days in the, in, the, in the Old West, and you run the general store, and you sell food and goods to every single person who lives in a five-mile radius, that's your business. Yeah. Like, that's it. You make a good, you make a good profit. You're, you're doing all right. You, you, that's your business. Like, no one back then was like, I need to open franchises in... You know, the next four towns over, or else, like, I'm never going to look good in front of the shareholder. Right. Like, yeah. it's not. <laughs> it like, didn't happen. Like, yeah. sure, that's an option, but not everybody can do that. Yeah. And, like, every time you tell investors, investors now just expect things to get more and more valuable because they're more and more greedy. Yeah. And it's like, at a certain point, you know, your IBM stock is going to pay this much out, and that's it. And yeah. if you want more of it, buy more of it because it's not going to get more valuable. No, you're right. Like, it's and that's sort of the real realism the, the, the some of these companies and some of the a lot of the investors need to learn it's like like infinite growth is not as useful as something that just sits there and produces a, just makes a set amount of money every yeah. year like you can depend on sony to make you this much money every single year yeah. and some years are going to be better some years are not but generally like around a this couple percent you can always yeah. count on that <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. there are people in the world who would literally kill for that to be oh, their yeah. business model oh like, i know yeah and like it's, look at apple's going through it right now yeah it's like it's yeah. impossible for apple to any company no, to sustain that spike it's impossible yeah. well look i mean that apple vision thing is mm-hmm. like that is the most desperate stab 
yeah. expanding into some new non-existent market you could imagine. And sure, they've captured a bunch of cult people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the real test of any Apple hardware is the third iteration. Right. Because a, That's when it's almost made for people like made us. Made for people like us, when yeah. it's more price normally, when they've worked most of the kinks out of it. Mm-hmm. And as someone who has used Apple products since 1986, I will never buy an Apple thing that is 3.0 or under. Like, it's yeah. like a, a three, That's smart. Yeah. I, iPod, third one. Uh, iPhone, I think my first one was a 5 or a 6. My first one was a 5. Um, <laughs> like, you wait until that stuff's done, because yeah. otherwise you're just beta testing you're this right. shit. Yeah. Like, literally, the Apple Vision people running around with that are beta testing. Yeah, yeah, thing. for sure. You're paying yeah. $3,500 for a dev kit. Well, they made, like, 100,000 of them or yeah. something. They didn't make very many. And they did well, they obviously. But yeah, like, they sold them all out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a luxury of a luxury. I think maybe 15 years from now, that's going to be the iPhone. I think that's what they're doing. They're that's trying. what they're trying, and it might be, but it needs to be built into glasses. Yeah. Like, like as long as anyone, as long as you walk around looking like a fucking tool, <laughs> it'll like, never catch on. Like the videos of the guys wearing them and getting out of like a Tesla Cybertruck, and you're like, <laughs> man, that is just how nature says, "Do not touch," isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, so anyway, uh, things are not going well. In PlayStation land. And the other thing, the final thing that he mentioned was... And, like, a lot of the reason they're not going well is just, like, they've set their own perceptions up weird. Yeah. Or I think the the software planning's been poor. Yeah. I Uh, mean, I don't know how much of that you could avoid just because, I mean, you're seeing pandemic resonance even today with that. Yep. Um, It's, it's, uh, but, I mean, it doesn't matter to the consumer. Like, nobody at the the retail level should, should, you know, you don't have to give them a break because you're bored playing your PlayStation because, you know, uh, Ghost of Tsushima 2 is not here yet. Yeah. Um, and then the final thing that they shared is that they don't think that they're going to be able to create price cuts for PlayStation 5. Because, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Because the die in mm. the console, they they can't shrink it and make it smaller. Yeah. And generally, that's how you make consoles cheaper. You make them smaller, you can create mm. more, more make quickly. Them faster, you make, use less material to make them. Yeah. Like that, but and that's, that's how that's you generally happen. lower a price of a console, and they're saying that's never going to happen with PS5. Yeah. So it's not surprising. Yeah, it's a little disappointing, but not surprising. There was nothing, even when that thing launched, there was nothing in there that really could be made smaller. Like that, yeah, it's even ridicu- as big as it it's, is, yeah, it's ridiculous <laughs> to say because of like giant tower it is. But yeah. it's like no, there's not yeah. much you could do to shrink that given yeah. how, they, how they designed it. I mean, think about PCs that are of equal power. They're yeah. way bigger typically than the PS5. Oh yeah, so I mean, you, you had to carry that thing up, upstairs. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, so anyway, things are looking a little little rough on the PlayStation, but it doesn't matter. It just feels like PlayStation's bulletproof. It can just yeah. do whatever. Well, I mean, it wants. they'll be back next year with more actual stuff. Yeah, know, it's a temporary lull. Yeah. Um, and sh- you know, sure, like investors get panicky and you know run away, and you lose you lose uh, market share <laughs> yeah. or value. Yeah. It's like, but you know, they come back. You know, they do. Yep. Infinite Sometimes they gr- just sell. growth is a myth, but bouncing back is is not. Yeah. So it'll be fine as soon as they put out the next big exclusive and it sells ten million. You know. At the very least, it's like you think nobody's coming back for Wolverine. Right. Like, that might be years from now, but it's like, um, hell, that trailer leaked again. Uh, the, or the internal. It was an internal, almost proof of concept trailer. Mm-hmm. And, like, it looked a lot better than the, the They've left the Wolverine. Had. I don't know if you noticed, Matt. The Wolverine gameplay is still up on YouTube. Yeah. You can go watch it. Well, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Uh, there aren't as many instances of it as you might think, though. When I searched for it, I thought mm-hmm. I was just going to get page after page. Because it's a playable demo. You can play it yourself, which is why Insomniac can't zap it. Because mm-hmm. they can't fingerprint it. Because as long as people play it and they play it differently, it'll never match up with the fingerprinting. There may mm-hmm. be some cinematics in there they could match maybe and catch it. Um, but there aren't as many, like, 
videos on YouTube as you might think. I yeah. thought there'd be just thousands, but there's not that many. Well, because so. actually not that many people care. Yeah. Or even know I mean, that's what, that's what I was getting at. And they're, like, you know, Insomniac and Sony know that, like, if they just don't talk about it anymore, it it'll go away. Goes away. And, nobody, <laughs> and then nobody talks about it anymore. Yeah. You know? there's, yep. But there's still, you know, there was, this was an interesting trailer because it showed more polished, mm -hmm. you know, clearly not finished because the claws are still clipping through enemies and stuff. But it showed you how violent it's going to be and kind mm -hmm. of all the, all the little elements of that. It was, it's, it looks cool. I think the game's looking and pretty good. Oh, yeah. So my, so I, some of my friends who saw it were just like, oh, that looks amazing. I'm like, wait till you see what it actually looks, looks like. like yeah. That's not what it looks <laughs> it's, like. It's yeah. still like two years away. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so anyway, that's the latest on PlayStation. Uh, we got a leak this week of a game I think most people who watch Game Face will be interested in. And a, a website called Insider Gaming broke the story first. And the funny part is they break a lot of stuff. Like, they mm -hmm. have some really good connection. I feel bad for them. I mean, I think it shows you, though, that in this industry, breaking news, or in a lot of industries anymore, breaking news has very little value. Mm -hmm. Because you break the story... All it takes is one other person to be like, hey, look what I found on this website on Twitter. And the tweet is yeah. what gets promoted. Yeah, I never see news from the original source. It's a, see. And terrible. Like, most people don't care about the original source. They just kind of bleep over. Even we if, do. Even if the, the source is credited. Yep. They just like, no, I saw it on Twitter. And yeah. as far as it goes. We dig. So we will make sure we and, always and credit the source. And like, you know, like Last of Us Tonight always talks about how like if without local news sources, they wouldn't have anything to talk about. Because mm -hmm. most of their sources are local news. That's true. And as local news disappears, there's less and less reporting on those things. And you're going to get less and less the less and less ability to see things at that level because that reporting from the ground is just not there. Yeah, it's true. Um, without insider in things like insider inside gaming, insider gaming, inside, insider, yeah, like you know, like where that wouldn't come from anyway. I mean, I guess Jeff Grubb would be a source for things. Well, then like it was that, corroborated but, by Jeff yeah. Grubb from Giant Bomb, and the story is that Respawn is working on a Mandalorian game. Mm. How excited were you when you heard about this, Matt? Well, I'll wait and see what it is first. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, my guess is Like, if it's, it's a linear, like, story-driven shooter, meh. If it's, like, a Mandalorian simulator, yeah, now I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. Because it could be one of two things. It could be something like Star Wars Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order, which we're seeing right mm -hmm. now. Or it could be something like Apex Legends or Call of Duty, which is where the studio's yeah. pedigree comes it's from. Yeah, free-for-all, or it could be a VR game or something. Like, who knows? Like All we know is that you're, you play as a bounty hunter. Yeah. Shocker. Um... And I guess the, the time setting or the setting, the Galactic Empire has taken over. So you're operating in that type of an environment. So, so it's not a Mandalorian game in that regard. So yeah. because uh, Din is too young for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think it's going to have the same guy. So, no, it's going to be... You, I, I would imagine you're going to create a Mandalorian yeah. and sort of play as a Mandalorian. That'd be my guess. Hunter. Although they did create their own character for Jedi. Yeah, I mean the it, that would be a little unusual because, but I think the fact because like a lot of the times when they create an actual character, they want to be able to um, cast that character in live action. Yeah. So that, but like with, in the case of Mandalorian stuff, I think it's generic enough that you can you know you have everybody swap armor together because you don't really need to make a human. Yeah. If you're if they're centering it on the Death Watch cult. They never remove their helmets. Right. So you just like pick a bunch of Mandalorian. You, know, you make, a, <laughs> you make a big guy with a Gatling gun or the flamethrower. You make a little little guy with a jetpack and double pistol and right. whatever you want. Like mm -hmm. there's a bunch of variations there. Um, and you, you know, you're just a Mandalorian somewhere in the background. Yeah. You don't need to be all that important. Yeah. Um, I think people will be disappointed though. If Groku isn't in there somehow. Oh, he wouldn't. Yeah. There's but he probably won't be. Not if it's during the Galactic Empire. I mean, we don't even know where he is. Yeah. That period of time. Probably yeah. some Imperial Imperial lab or something. I'm still excited by the prospect of a great studio like Respawn making a new Star Wars game, though. Sure. I mean, it's like, exciting to think about. Um, and obviously for me, I 
I don't care one way or the other, whether it's I like games like this. I also love first person shooters, so I'm cool either way. Um, but I think most people, most Star Wars fans are probably like you. They prefer something more like this than a Call of Duty clone. Yeah, like I like, I mean, I'm thinking kind of more of an Outlaws thing where you get mm. to fly to different, you know, get a job, fly to the planet, open find, world find the target, kind of game. The, you know, like, I mean, they did a little bit of that in Bounty. Like, if you make this like Bounty Hunter, the Django Fett game, mm-hmm. fuck you. Like, yeah. it's like, that's not what a game needs I to be. I hardly remember that game at all. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Um, I think I just excised it from my mind. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not a bad attempt, but it's just not very good. Yeah. Um, I actually thought of the Mandalorian game um, uh, yesterday because I played the demo for that new uh, Outland game or Outworld, whatever that thing. You know, the sequel to the oh, old PC yeah, game. Yeah. Is it Out? It's been like 19 years yeah. in the making or whatever. Which I like that game, but I can never remember the name. Out, Outland? It's not Outrider, so we've been talking about not that Outriders, game over the last no. couple of weeks. Outland, Outworld, I don't remember. I know what you're talking about, But you have, a, you have a jet pack in that, mm-hmm. and we can fly around. And Open like, world game. And glide everywhere. And I'm like, you know what? And he's got he's got a, a laser pistol. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, this is a pretty good Mandalorian game. Yeah. Really? Like, um, so maybe they do something Outcast like that. Is, Outcast. Outcast. reminds us, it. yeah. Yeah. Outcast. I like the first one a lot. The new one's... Well, at first, the new one was called, like, Outcast 2, and then they, like, took away the 2 for some reason? Yeah, well, because it's a prequel. Yeah. So it's Outcast... Subtitle. Because the the remake (laughs) of the first one was called Outcast Second Contact. Yeah. Because you are Mm -hmm. later. But, like, so this is, like, the first guy to ever be on the alien world or something? Yeah. Um, I don't remember that first game well enough to know if it's really tied narratively too well. But, uh... Yeah, maybe. I mean, I do hope it's third. I hope it's third person, and you know, more of a explore, make your way in the galaxy th- sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, they got some other things to put out first. Regardless, I think it's pretty exciting that they're working on a new one. Um, next up, we're almost done with housekeeping. Uh, Cliff Blazinski, our old friend, um, he's been in the industry for a long time, the creator of Gears of War, among other things. Left the industry to start his own studio. The studio did not do well. Now he's just kind of dabbling in all kinds of stuff. We talked mm. a couple weeks ago about how he was trying to get involved with working on Gear 6. Um, well, this week, he uh, made a little bit of news on Twitter um, when he talked about how he was frustrated with the fact that people are calling Gears of War woke now. <laughs> woke. I hate that word, but he used it, and so we're going to quote him here. Um, and he explained that if you go back and you look at Gears of War 3, it was just as woke mm-hmm. as Gears of War 5 is. Gears 5, they got dropped the of war. Well, isn't Gears 5 like years ago? Like, we're, why are you suddenly complaining about Gears? Well, being... I think people are, Gears 6 should be shown pretty soon here. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are starting to get excited for it or not excited for it, thinking about what happened with Gears 5. And so I just think there's been an uproar around it. Well, the woke recently. thing is just because they're mad it stars a girl. Pretty much, yeah. Like these are well, it's not just a girl. There's a minority, and it's <laughs> always been minorities in this culture. The very diverse. That was the, the point beginning. he was yeah. making. He's like, if go back and look at Gears of War three that he worked on, and he's like, it had just as diverse a cast. Mm. It was just as quote. It's just pathetic that we've reached a point Un-non-sexualized where there are certain women. people who view diversity as bad, mm-hmm. and they've tried to create a derogatory term for including other people. Well, they've done it's, it by co-opting a term that actually means aware of social inequality, right. which is just, extra funny. It's just insane. So his point is that, no, the games haven't changed. Gears of War hasn't changed. 
you changed. Mm -hmm. You used to be okay with this stuff. Now something has happened to you, and all of a sudden you're not okay with it anymore. Well, what happened is they were taken in by right wing grifters. Yeah, they've been ra they've been radicalized, and a lot of them mm -hmm. online by mm -hmm. right wing, as you say, right wing grifters, and it has completely changed. I mean, this week, the the or pre oh, earlier over the weekend, the the trailer for the new X Men series came. You know, the continuation of the old Fox animated series premieres today. Mm -hmm. Um. And people are all mad because it's woke. And I'm like, it's the fucking X-Men. It's literally a civil rights metaphor. That's it's all a, it has all, ever been. The whole point of X-Men is anti-bigotry. It's always... Like, you are literally the idiot in the background with a no more mutant sign. Like, <laughs> like you've, you've become the friends of humanity. Like, and they well were done. okay with it for the first 30 years of their life. Well, because well, it wasn't right in your face. Like, no, yes, it was. it was. No, it was. Again, you are the one who has changed. Mm -hmm. Everybody else... And everything else has stayed the same. Yeah. You are the one who has changed. Yeah. Or you just didn't understand what you were reading. And Possibly. now you do, and you're mad. That you were fooled. Like, a, like I saw some guy. It's like Rage Against the Machine. All yeah. these people now realize right. that, like, <laughs> Rage right. Against yeah, what, the What machine did you think they were raging against, exactly? Um, people hilarious. say, oh, I don't like the Green Day got political. I'm like, Green Day has been... Like, <laughs> Did you miss the American Idiot album? It was called American Idiot. And it was about It was you. about George Bush and <laughs> the Republicans who put him in office. Like, what are you doing? They just didn't listen to lyrics, It's Maddox. like, you are dumb children. <laughs> you are absolute children. And then the funny part, too, about this whole thing, Matt, is somebody got into a discussion with me about this. They were trying to say that Cliffy B was, like, a douchebag for this. Like, they completely misread the whole situation. They thought that Cliff was saying, yeah, the new Gears is woke and I hate it. That is not what happened at all. No. That is not what happened. Cliff is woke. Well, remember, like, I hate to break it to y'all. Well, remember, these people just see what they want to see. One of the big topics on Twitter this week was that there's a bunch of these idiots who don't think Starship Troopers is a satire of fascism. <laughs> like, And the reason is because they're like, I think a lot of the things in this in the world of Starship Troopers are good ideas. It's like, well, then guess what, Homelander? <laughs> I got news for you about your political leanings. Yeah, I mean, this isn't just with Gears of War. This no, is the everything. whole industry, Matt. This well, is the it's not, whole. It's not the whole industry. It's the whole culture. No, I it's mean the everything. whole industry as far as like the whole industry has always been this way, and all these mm -hmm. people were a thousand percent fine with it until they were told that they should not be fine with it by somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's the beginnings of it were like kind of the thing where they started every every one of these idiots comes from this. It's a the Venn diagram is a circle of the people complaining about this and the people complaining when like you know um, uh, Anita Sarkeesian was just like, hey, maybe not every woman in a video game needs to have her tits hanging out, right? Yeah, and all of a sudden that was an oh my god art form. <laughs> um, yeah. and it's you know it's that it's the same piece. It's like weirdos who made the this medium their entire personality. Who like you know are so you know that's why that's one of the reasons Stellar Blade is doing so well because they're like yeah we made it, we made her ass nice to look at because we know you're gonna look at her ass mm -hmm. the whole time and it was like finally a video game that's tr not afraid to be a video game I mean it's it like, is kind of funny because otherwise that game looks janky oh, AF yeah. and, but <laughs> there's this group of people that are all over it. Yeah, well, especially because, like, it's not like any of that went away. Did you did you play near? Yeah, Auto? it's always like, been it's there. Like, yeah. That's always there. It's yeah. there if you need so it. So if you do also, want it, it's Porn not... games are on Steam and the Switch now. So yeah, yeah. Like, why don't you just go do that? I, In I, fact, I think that might be the only thing that's on Switch now, Matt. It's certainly, like, I mean, <laughs> scrolling through that store is just like, what in the world? I mean, I'm like, you remember when they couldn't put crosses in games on the NES? And now yeah. it's just like, oh, <laughs> Hentai Milf Simulator 2.0 <laughs> is finally on the Switch yeah. eShop. Yeah, those great. walls have really broken down on Switch. <laughs> 
So anyway. Maybe the walls should have stayed up. Because <laughs> I can't find their actual releases anymore. Right. It's like, how far down do I got to scroll to well, find also, Fire Emblem? It's so damn asshole? sluggish. Yeah. I mean, they, that's one thing they need to fix big time for the Switch 2, is just make their mm-hmm. eShop work so much better. It's so Or terrible. at least have an Ethernet port on the dock, for yeah. God's sake. So anyway, I hate to break it to y'all. Like, Cliffy B is woke. Like, yeah, Cliff's always been. He's always been. I don't know where you guys have this fantasy in your mind that he's not, but he is. And that's the bottom line. Yeah, all the people disappointed in his replies all the time. It's like, I can't believe you. you you're like. You, you know, care about people. You're a liberal. And all, <laughs> he's just like, where have you been? Like, he's like, I live in Raleigh. People. How what could you, you care about? about other people? I thought you were a good person. Now, to be fair, uh, Cliff did put on that kind of douchebag front. He did. Front I can see why people might have thought back in the day that he was like that. Yeah, yeah you could. You, the, his persona. The dude huge the day, part. Yeah, the, dude huge <laughs> persona. You could see him becoming yeah. like a MAGA guy. Right. Maybe. But that was always like a, a character well i don't even think that was even him i think people no. put that on him like he got in shape and started going mm-hmm. to the gym and then all of a sudden people are like wait a minute gamers can't be ripped like yeah. it's just so our, our industry is so weird matt when it, he tried to you know played up as the cool guy and you know yeah. and he mostly pulled it off but if you talk to him you know off he's camera like, he's a giant dork yeah he's the same like, guy yeah you know, when he when he was in his dude huge era it was probably i think when i met him for real i'm like the, I think the first main first conversation I had with him was just like a twenty minute thing about Transformers. Like no yeah. one was cool. Like we weren't we weren't being cool. Cliff works on musicals. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cl- Cliff, Cliff do you works- really a successful musical? Yeah, Tony winning. Do you really need to say anything else? No, probably not. Also, I don't know how many people that don't even know that. Like I've seen Hades Town. Hades Town super woke. Yeah. Like just so you know. I mean, he works on. And it's based on an ancient Greek myth. You're really up against the wall when it comes to you know. Art, yeah. When you, if you really don't like the woke thing, because I, I don't, I don't know how to tell you this, but all the art, most art, yeah. And mo- the, that's that's why conservative media is so bad. I hate to break it to you, all the people who make the games you like, who make the movies you like, who make the TVs you like, TV shows you like, who make the music that you like, all of them. Yeah, pretty pretty good bet. Yeah, most of the time, ninety yeah. percent sure they're yeah. all. Woke. And that's one of the reasons <laughs> all these same idiots, who are also the same idiots who tried to sell you NFTs, are all, yeah. all big on the AI thing. Oh, yeah. Because you don't have to pay woke people to make pretty pictures anymore. Yeah. You can just render a version of Spider-Man with nine fingers for no good reason on one hand <laughs> and call it a day. Yep. So anyway, that's the latest on Cliff Blazinski and Gears of War. Still woke, Gears of War. Um, next up. More like Gears of Woke. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty great. Um, next up, we got some information about Alan Wake 2. Uh, it was a Game of the Year contender from a lot of publications. Matt and I weren't quite as high on it as a lot of other places. It looks like you guys weren't all that high on it either because as of right now, almost five months after release, Alan Wake 2 has sold just 1.3 million units. Which what? is their fastest selling game of all time. I was shocked to learn that, I would add. I couldn't believe that. But like they're real happy with it. <laughs> Are, but I mean, okay. Are you surprised it didn't sell more? I am. Not really? Really? It's it's a it's a niche horror game, and it's a sequel to something most people have never even heard of. Yeah. No, I'm not surprised. I just it didn't figured because people. it was a game of the year candidate, it nobody on knows a that. lot of lists that nobody, it, nobody knows that. I mean, Maybe IGN 480 million uniques a month. Some people know, right? But those 480 million uniques, a lot of those come from the same people. No, they're uniques. That means it's unique person every time. That's why that number is staggering, Matt. That they have 480 yeah, million uniques. It's a different device every time. No. No, uniques are a unique person. 
Yeah. I don't know how, how you calculate that. Then. They calculate it. They, the comm score. That's what they do. That's their whole job. All right, but what are they using for that? They send a box into your home. It's just like um, any other rating system. They send a box in your home. They track what you do. And they know. Oh, so it's an extrapolation. Well, yeah. All ratings are that way. So it doesn't really mean anything. It does. Um, that's a very very specific number for something that's an extrapolation. I mean, well, it I changes by how month. Many, how many boxes are out there? I don't know. I don't know that data. See, that's I mean, what I want to know. Because like the Nielsen boxes are so few of them that you and and the the, rate, the viewing has become so granular that they're basically useless useless yeah. info. Now. Matt, I have a friend who has a Nielsen box. That's very. I'm not rare. even supposed to tell you that. <laughs> He's like, I'm not supposed to tell you, and you're not supposed mm, to tell anyone no I have this. Secret. But he did anyway. <laughs> Back in the day, you had to keep a secret log in an actual paper diary about yeah. everything you watched and send it to them. Yeah. Now it's all trash. Imagine anyone doing that much yeah. work for that for free. Today. It's like, yeah. what do you? But get I mean, for that? that's how the world goes around. Like, like it or not, they they use a very small, not very small, but a smaller group of people to extrapolate out right. the numbers. I mean, theoretically, statistically significant, but again. I don't really believe that. Um, 480 million units is a lot, man. Like that's more than the people number of people who live in the United States. Yeah. Um, and again, like people don't. I mean, nobody knows what game of the year is outside of the very yeah. hardcore. I mean, the game it just got a lot of hype. People. But it really in, the, in it video really game did, land. It's in video game land only. No yeah. one knows this game outside of the hardcore game circles. Right. But my point is, is it only it never broke one point three million of us bought right. the game. That's way low to me. But it's not very low for a horror game. Mm. Like, that's about what these games do. I mean, I guess unless you're Resident There's Evil nothing, or whatever. Right. I mean, Resident Evil's different. But, like, you're sort of run-of-the-mill, you know, even... I mean, I, we, don't this, know what, I mean we don't know what Silent <laughs> Hill sells Sacrilege, anymore. Matt, to call this run-of-the-mill. But it is. Like you, I mean, you, to us it was. If you look at this... To most people it was But also you have to get into it to understand why it's not run-of-the-mill. If you just look at the footage of this game, it looks like every other horror game in the market. Yeah. And that's part of its problem. Yeah. Um, there are some really cool ideas in here, but you don't see them in the in the promotional material, you know? Cinetyke brings up a good point that it was an Epic Game Store exclusive, and that turns people off. It does. It was also you also can't buy it in a store. Yeah, there is no so, retail. I mean, I wonder if they regret that now. I don't mean it. From what they said before, it was the only way it could get made. Really? They, they just didn't have the funding to do a, a physical copy. Interesting. I think that hurt it. Probably. Because I mean, do you remember? I went to try to find the physical version. I was yeah. no, I wasn't trying to find it. I was walking in a Target, and there was a group of five or six people trying to buy the game mm -hmm. at the Target. And that I walked up and said, "There is no physical version." Yeah. And the the worker there was like, "Oh yeah, there is." I'm like, "Look in your catalog. No, there, isn't. there isn't one." And the people standing there are like, "Really?" But again, because that was like one of the first high profile games to right. do that. But also that speaks to my my comment about how the messaging was terrible on this game. Yeah. It didn't break out of the very hardcore minor following the news everyday circles because those are pe people showing up the launch day to buy a horror game, an Alan Wake sequel. Those people know game stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But they sure. still didn't know that. Yeah. Like, that's terrible messaging. Yeah. Like, it, it, they, they, they screwed some things up there, and that may not have been their fault. It might have been the publisher. I don't know. Did they self-publish? They did, yeah. Okay. Well, no, I think it was published by Epic. Was Epic? Yeah. Okay. Um, Which, maybe they're right, and maybe, maybe the game wouldn't have been made if Epic didn't step in and say, yeah. hey, we'll publish it, but it has to be exclusive to our yeah, storefront. And we're not coughing up for physical copies. Right, so. yeah. I mean, maybe you'll get like a limited run thing later or something like that. I wouldn't surprise me because it, me it did do well enough. Yeah. You'd, you'd get something that like, you know, you could balance that out. But uh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't surprise That honestly is about right. And I, it'll sell, I thought it would sell more. It'll sell way more units. It won't sell obviously full price, but it, you know, just like uh, uh, Control did. Mm -hmm. You know, Control didn't sell very well at the beginning either. I wasn't that surprised um, at that one though. Um, I mean, I brand new not, IP, 
not I mean the Alan Wake 2 might as well be a brand new IP yeah like nobody's ever been heard of this fucking thing long enough it's a 360 game that nobody exclusive that nobody really remembers mm-hmm. yeah um uh, to the point that like really you don't even need to have played it to play this thing like you know they, they <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. all you need to know he's he's a writer in the northwest yeah that's it yeah um so yeah that's about you know and control ended up selling a fair amount of copies once it the price dropped and kept dropping and you could get it for five bucks or whatever you know it became a pretty well-known game widely played game mm-hmm. at this point most of the fr- my casual friends have a copy of control ultimate edition because you can get it for like five, five bucks. bucks on everything yeah, i've seen it and i'm sure yeah. all alan wake 2 will kind of they've also given the it path. away in yeah. various yeah. whatever's yeah which is cool because it's like that's a great game. People should play that. And people game, should yeah. play that. That game. was my game of the year for the year it came out. Yeah. Granted, it was a really weak year, but it was. But still, still, like that's. A, I mean, that control I would put in the in the running for game of the year most years. I think I really liked it. Yeah, nominee, not yeah. like yeah, not like a winner, but like mm-hmm. it'd be, I would think of it in the when I was thinking of the of the category. Yeah. So anyway, Alan Wake two. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the game, but mm-hmm. I know that a lot of you guys really liked it, and a lot of people really think it's a great game. And it to me, it should sell more. So. I'm hoping that as time goes on, Remedy does make more money off of this game. It probably deserves yeah, to. I think people just don't know about it. Yeah, it could be. And maybe they do a second round of marketing where they start running. I didn't see mm-hmm. TV commercials for it or anything like no, that. No, there was. So. I mean, they didn't do anything very wide scale. Though. And again, do not do not underestimate the importance of impulse buy purchases at Walmart. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. That's that still box a factor. is cool. And then they yeah. look on their phone. Oh. Game of the year, nine point seven. It it happens. Yeah, it definitely happens. Or even like if you've got all that stupid crap on the front of the box. You know? <laughs> no, you're right. It can it can count. Yep. Yeah, I, I still remember when we got our first box at Game Traders. <laughs> got our like our little logo on there with a little pull quote from mm-hmm. our review for the first time. I, I got I got one or two pull quotes, so I don't remember what. They Actually, are. I had a bunch of them. Yeah, even before I left, there but were I several. specifically I had a couple of like things I wrote that were your you know, quotes, but I can't remember what they were now. Yeah. I one of them was Star. I think one of them was Star Wars. I remember my boss came Not in. Not Force Unleashed, though, because I didn't like that one. <laughs> my boss came in and shook my hand, patted me on the back. It was a milestone day mm. for us here. And I was like, okay. When I think of that kind of... I mostly think of the Batman uh, Arkham City Game of the Year cover, which is uh, all the red just... text everywhere. <laughs> like... Yeah. It was a little extreme. Um, and then for our final story for housekeeping in this week's episode um, is a story that broke this morning, courtesy of CNBC. It has two separate reporters that is saying that a PlayStation 5 Pro is absolutely real and it's absolutely coming before the end of 2024 in preparation for Grand Theft Auto 6. What does that tell you? It tells me that Grand Theft Auto 6 cannot run well on a PS5. It made me a little nervous. Mm -hmm. Yep. Also tells me that we are, in conjunction with the other news about how they're not going to do a price cut, 599 US dollars for the Pro. It may be. So the death price. Yeah, it is the death price <laughs> for PlayStation in particular. Here's the thing. By now, we already got the PlayStation 4 Pro. It came in year three mm-hmm. of the PlayStation 4's life cycle. We are past that now. We still don't have a PlayStation 5 Pro. So it is overdue. Mm-hmm. If assuming PlayStation is going to continue yeah. with the cadence. I mean, I, I would argue that it's not overdue in the sense that you haven't really had the performance issues that the 4 did. That's true. Yeah. Um, the Pro was needed. It the Pro was, was yeah. really yeah, needed yeah. when it came out. This is like a luxury. Yeah, this is this like, time. hey, you want 60 sometimes, maybe? Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, do you want GTA V to run well is a pretty damn good sell- selling point. Yeah, it is. They'll get me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I may upgrade. Especially because there's no PC version, so yeah. they, you're kind of stuck. It is kind. It does kind of neuter the Slim, but the Slim's going to stay there forever anyway. It's going to be the base model. It'll be a little bit cheaper, and you're mm-hmm. right. The Pro's probably going to be 
five fifty, six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. No, because as we mentioned earlier in the show, they can't drop the price of PS Five because of the way it was made. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I will probably upgrade. I mean, from I remember the previous rumors and stuff were basically that the Pro would replace the PS Five as the main skew, and like you hit a point where they just stopped making fives, mm-hmm. and once those were gone, that's the end of it. Yeah. The Pro is just the only PlayStation Five you can buy now. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. Like, Absolutely, and then after after you get rid of the old ones, you can maybe drop the price to five hundred and call it a day. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah. So anyway, just an update. If you're thinking about buying a PlayStation Five right now, you might want to wait. If you're willing to plunk down a couple extra bucks to get that PS Five Pro, mm-hmm. um, again, well, especially because I'd say especially if you plan on playing GTA. Yeah, and I'm this, gonna guess this thing's gonna run better on the Pro in a very noticeable significant way. way. Yeah. Um, also, just so you know, CNBC had sources in both Japan. And the United States corroborating the story. So it is the clearest indicator so far that I've seen that the PS5 Pro is real and it's coming very soon. We've heard about this now for like a year. Um, So it didn't come out of the blue, but a lot of the sources we had on this so far, I didn't trust 100%. This I trust a lot more. So looks like a PS5 Pro is coming. I guess the good news is there won't be a major sequel exclusive coming out before the PS5 Pro comes out. So maybe that will be helpful for you. Um, Iliag X. Um, Last of Us 2 on PS4 looks better than most PS5 games. This proves that we're at a point where game budgets matter more than hardware. I mean, we've kind of always known that. The more time mm-hmm. you spend, the better the game's going to be. That's just the way it's always yeah, been. Yeah, get first-party support if you can really write it to the metal. Yeah, makes a big difference. Um, so anyway, something to think about if you, if you haven't bought a PS5, although it seems like most people at this point have made the decision. They've either bought the PS5 or they bought the Xbox Series. X or S. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a whole lot of people still sitting on the sidelines that run in our circles anyway. Probably not. I think most people on Sifted, you guys have probably decided, or you may have just decided, you know what, I'm going to take that money and I'm going to either build a new PC or I'm going to improve the PC that I have. I think I everyone... some people that are waiting for a price cut on the PS5. Which so is not coming. Be waiting for a while. Yep. Well, they can get the Pro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if they want to, they, well, they get the Pro, they can spend extra money. That's true. Yep. But that's the opposite probably of Probably worth cut. it, though. I would think so, but if the most popular Xbox is the S, people don't seem to care. (laughs) It's pretty bizarre. There's no doubt about it. Uh, So anyway, there you go. That is our housekeeping for Game Phase 377. We're about to get into the bulk of the show where we're going to talk about Xbox going third party. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. LS Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com sifted. That's creamls.com sifted. I think what I love about LS Cream the most is how versatile it is. Um, a lot of like alcohol, when I think about drinking it, like when I'm trapped inside and it's snowy or cold, or maybe I'm sitting by the fireplace, I don't think about drinking like a vodka and Red Bull when I'm doing stuff like that. LS Cream, though, you can make drinks with that liqueur that work in almost 
any situation. You know, you know, vodka Red Bull when you can't go outside is not a good <laughs> it's idea. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> Just bouncing off the walls inside. It's a really a terrible idea. But Cream LS, or LS Cream, is so versatile. You can mix it with almost anything, and it makes it more delicious. You should really experiment with it. Probably but not Gatorade. Gatorade, probably a, a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I would not probably not mix it with. I would not mix it with anything, like, fruity. That's no. probably where no, I would draw the line. fruit. It's a, you're not going to make an LS Cream margarita. No. No? Well, I don't know, actually. I mean, maybe you could make something that involves salt. Yeah. But, like... Yeah. I wouldn't use the margarita mix. No, definitely not. That would not be a good idea. It would probably turn into like curds yeah, or something. Just, yeah. Yes, yeah, very, I think scientifically it would not work very We're well. Doing a great job selling this. Have you ever had a um, a shot called a cement mixer? Yeah. So yeah. for you guys who don't know, it's this shot that comes in two parts, and you drink like the first part of it, and it actually kind of tastes a little bit like LS cream, mm -hmm. and then you drink like lime juice. And it turns, like, chemically, it turns it into this crazy, like, yeah. cement in your mouth. Yeah. It turns it, it turns it almost like yogurt. Yeah. It's like a weird, it's weird. Yeah. I've only ever done... Milk, it curdles the, the dairy in your mouth. Yeah. I've only ever done, like, two of them or whatever. They're, they're fun to do, one, but... Once was enough for me. That's, yeah. Uh, I'm not a big curdled dairy person. Yeah. Do not mix lime juice with your LS cream. There's so many other things no. you can mix it with. Go to creamls.com slash sifted to learn all the things that you can mix it with. There are tons of drink recipes there that make excellent use of this excellent liqueur. Again, go to creamls.com slash sifted. And with that, it's time to get on with the show proper. We're gonna kick things off talking about easily the biggest story of the year so far. We'll see if when we get to the end of the year if it's still the biggest news story of the year, but we finally got the confirmation that in fact, Xbox is going third party. Some of its first party games are absolutely going to be released on other platforms. Matt, what stood out to you the most about this big event that happened on Thursday with Xbox? Um, I think how much they tried to limit it to just those four games and like leaving Starfield out, but then they would not commit to the other, the bigger games not being part of this at some point. Like it felt very much like a pilot program and that everything was theoretically on the table if it worked out in a, in a certain way. Yeah. Um, I think what struck me the most is that, one, they said that, as you said, Starfield, Indiana Jones mm -hmm. are not coming to other and platforms. Phil, Phil would not take those off the table. He would directly. not. He would not. Like, people are like, well, is this? And he's like, well, I don't think it's a good idea to ever say nothing. Something should never. And, like, he, and then he turned that around and was like, hey, like Sony should put their exclusives on our yeah. platform. And it's like, bro, yeah. Sony doesn't need to do that. Yeah, you, you know that. You right? need to do yeah. that. <laughs> It was, it was, a, there was an element of like, who are you fooling to it? Yeah. You know, like, well, he also left the like door open to, for those two games to go to other platforms. Yeah. He said, I'll never say never. Yeah. Like, not to be bad faith about it, but I'm just like, as if, I'm like, who is this for? Like, mm -hmm. I know that, you know that I know that you're full of <laughs> shit on it, right? It's like, like, who's, like, who are you talking to here that you think is going to believe the face value of what's being said? I found it interesting that this is obviously a desperation move to generate more revenue and make more money. Mm -hmm. I was a little taken aback that Microsoft feels like it needs to do that. Well, they just spent $70 billion. I mean, I get that, I, I, but it's not like you're going to earn it back overnight. And if this is the concept, maybe they knew all along that if they did this, that this was what they were going to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think it makes sense to like do that with, you know, certainly after a certain period of time with games that you know are not going to move your hardware. Yeah. Um, 
you know, is there is there a downside to putting Hi-Fi Rush on PlayStation right now? No. No. I don't think so. But, like, the fact that you won't say, no, you have to have an Xbox or an Xbox account on PC to play uh, Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah. That's weird to me. Yeah. And, like, I wonder about the Indiana Jones thing, too, because, like, I know that, like, probably Lucasfilm and Disney would like as many people to be able to play that game as possible. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure when they signed the deal for this, it was not an exclusive. Right. Because Bethesda hadn't been purchased yet. Yep. So it's interesting. I wonder what the behind the scenes on that is. Well, I um, found it peculiar, too. So, well, like, he, grounded? Like, that makes sense to put on everything. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like, really dic- it's ridiculous it hasn't been on everything. I mean, it did never really drove no. a huge audience on Xbox. It's been around for, like, four years yeah. now. If you and that's the one access. thing he said. He said that... Our rule is that a game needs to be available for a full year before we even consider putting it on other platforms. Mm-hmm. Which, cool. Sure. I'm okay with that. A year is a lot of time. Yeah, um, a year is certainly enough time to... I mean, there's not going to be any more, like, exclusivity repercussions beyond that, usually. Yeah. Like, beyond that, it becomes an inconvenience for the customer in a way that is more annoying than just realizing that you're going to need an Xbox or something. Yeah. So he wouldn't name the games that were going to other platforms. He only said... There are four games that we're sending to other platforms. The the thing is, the press had mm-hmm. already corroborated the story and knew exactly what the four games yeah. were. I don't know why the he wouldn't just like there are four lights. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's like why didn't he just say it? Like everybody knew already. And those four this, games. This struck me as a damage control thing that they had not intended to talk about until much later. Yep. Like because originally they said in the spring they'd clarify their strategy, and then all of a sudden it was next week we'll clarify our strategy. Yeah. So this this strikes me as like, okay, we clearly need to tell the nerds something to calm them all down until we're ready to really lay it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would expect more information in April or May on this that like, feels more specific and more like an actual strategy. Yeah. Uh, whereas this felt like a weird form of damage control and sort of like everybody just calm down or you know it's not (laughs) well the four games that the press has corroborated that he wouldn't share are hi-fi rush grounded pentiment and sea of thieves i don't think anyone's gonna lose any sleep over those (laughs) i mean they will because it turns out that the xbox people are crazy um the 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 console war stuff like having just sort of you know reintroduced myself to it recently i'm like oh y'all nuts like, even in a way that we weren't nuts with, like, the Genesis Super Nintendo mm-hmm. Wars, it's just, like, it's all so nebulous now that who, who cares? Yeah. Not only is it nebulous, but it's over. Like, yep. Xbox ain't catching this shit. Yeah. You know? At least back Ever. in the Genesis Super Nintendo game, there was a neck and neck thing. But, like, yeah. the Xbox people are like, you're like a TurboGrafx fan. Like, it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, like, I'm not saying the TurboGrafx <laughs> is a bad system. I it like just wasn't going to win. It's just not going to win. It's not in the, in the conversation. Like, yeah. like, come on. Yeah, it's um, been so eye-opening. Yeah. But this, it, it really feels like they do not want to talk about this until after fiscal is over. It seems that way. Yeah. I'm just surprised. It's, it's Microsoft, and it, it feels like Microsoft is, like, scraping the, searching the couch cushions for quarters and pennies or whatever. It just seems yeah. weird. I mean, it makes, it makes sense to me, just in the sense that, like, who cares? Big like, outlay, got to offset yeah, it somehow. Yeah, got to offset it somehow. Also, you're, you're just leaving money on the table there, and you're already in that boat anyway because of what you had to agree to for Call of Duty. Yeah. So as long as that's going to be something you're doing anyway, you might as well do it with everything that isn't what you think is essential to keeping your hardware on the shelf. Yep. And even then, like, you know, why shouldn't everybody get to play Elder Scrolls when it comes down? You know, like, you know, you're going to do big big sales on that, or maybe you wait more than a year on that. Maybe you wait until all the DLC's done, 
and the game of the year version goes out on everything mm-hmm. you know something like that yeah um when you know when the hype when the hype is over and the game is done yeah. essentially I mean, a year is about usually when that happens. So I think they've got the timing right. I think fans maybe would have been a little happier with 18 months instead of 12. That's kind of the... Yeah, but that's more of a fanboy thing than an actual business thing. Yeah. But I mean, that's what we're talking about here, right? (laughs) Well, not for them. I mean, for the fanboys are the ones who are angry about this. Yeah, but I don't care what they think. But Microsoft kind of does. Yeah, which is why they but probably it's like did they're this. They're still going to be there anyway. It's like they are. They're not. They're not going anywhere. That's one thing we found out through all this. Really, the first thing you got to learn about being a hardcore fan, of anything, is you don't matter anymore. Yeah, because you're always going to be there. Yeah, and nothing can please you anyway. So they're not going to try. Yeah, um, and then what are you going to do? Not play Elder Scrolls Six? Yeah, sit down. Right. One of the more surprising things I thought was that they also made a point to say that they are not getting out of the hardware business, mm-hmm. which I can understand why they would think that now. But yeah. I also think that they would keep their mind open and be like, you know what, that may be something on down the road. I think they will. I think that is true, but you're not going to say that right before you do your investor calls. Right. Or when you're still selling a console. Right. You still don't want to sell them. But more, more you, know, you don't want to have a sudden drop right in March when you're about to hit your end of your fiscal. Like, yep. you know, there, There's a lot of business play. Going behind here. the scenes. Um, but they did say... And this seems crazy to me that the next Xbox console will be the biggest leap from one generation to the next ever. That is what they're targeting with the next Xbox. One, that doesn't even seem feasible to me. I don't uh, I don't know how that's even possible. That defies the, the laws of physics. Yeah, I mean the big, the biggest leap is is 2D su- to 3D Super Nintendo to yeah. 1064. Yeah. Like or, or at the very least, like, I mean, look, if you could pull off a PlayStation 1 to Dreamcast leap, I'd be pretty impressed right. at this point. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, Hell like, yeah. That's huge. It's a huge leap. Like, I've been going, I went back and played some PlayStation 1 stuff this this past week, just just out of, like, <laughs> like a curiosity just and cause. A fun, just because, like, what else am I doing, right? Yeah. Um, all those games look like shit. Oh, yeah, they're awful. Like, except the 2D. Cause I, Shaky like, textures. Because well, the like, original thing I went back to, so I went to back to play, back to play some Suikoden because the guy who directed Suikoden passed died. Passed away, yeah. Um, and Ayudin Chronicles. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a shame he won't get to see that released. Yeah. But, like, um, because I already had the hardware there, I was like, well, as long as the PlayStation 3 is hooked up, I might as well play some other stuff. I put a bunch of... It, it, I can't even tell what the fuck I'm looking at. It's at, awful. At the time. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, like, and back at the time, I predicted, like, I'm like, these games are all going to age terribly. Yeah. Because, they with have. the exception of, like, Metal Gear Solid. Even N64 games are maybe yeah. poor. N64 poorly. games, though, kind of, they, for some reason, they hold a little better. Yeah, because like, there is, the graphics aren't being pulled apart right. in front of your very eyes. The dithering. <laughs> it's the dithering yeah. for me on the, te- it's like, I'm like, oh my god. Like, the I'm, texture I'm, jitter the on PlayStation like, 1, I yeah, could never terrible. deal with. It's just and, like. Um, and now that's like a nostalgia thing for D-makes. Yeah. But, like, um,. Yeah, and then the jump happened to Dreamcast. I'm like, okay, these are games that are still going to look acceptable to the eye yeah. in 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the, that first generation just isn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, so I think they may regret this, Matt, that statement about having making the next Xbox the biggest leap ever. I think that was a huge mistake to say that publicly. I think if you just don't say that again, people forget. <laughs> they might. I would, I would advise from the duck consulting agency that Microsoft never utter those words ever again. Because... Unless they're magicians, yeah. Or if, or if you mean it, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, are you just talking about? Are you going to release power? a fifteen hundred dollar console? Right. <laughs> you 
putting out a forty ninety in this thing? Right. Or are you, mean, are you gonna add in like even a, then? Is, is it gonna that... come with Apple Vision? Right. Like, what are you are you talking about a Connect Three? I don't kind know. Of thing? Like, what is going on? Like, you're, yeah. you're making me concerned. I hear when you. When you say that, I feel know? the same way. Yeah, because that doesn't sound like we're going full raw power. It sounds like we're coming up with a stupid gimmick. Maybe you know because I I remember how much extra I had to pay for the Xbox One for that stupid Connect. Yeah, it's still in a drawer somewhere. Maybe yeah. maybe I just literally threw that in the trash. I don't remember. I don't even think a forty ninety would be the leap that they're talking about. Not by then. No, not three no, years. Especially from now. not by then. So I don't know. I think that was really stupid to say that. Um, and then they also announced that Game Pass as of right now is not coming to Switch or PlayStation Five. It was also revealed around the same time that they now have thirty four million. Game Pass subscribers. The, the catch there, that sounds okay. The catch there is that all the Game Pass core people are mm-hmm. rolled into that number. Meaning the people who are just Xbox Live customers. They changed the name of it to Game Pass Core. Those people are also included in the 34 million. And really, Matt, what has happened is over the last two years, the growth of Game Pass has, like, flatlined. Mm. That, to me, is... Of all of this information, that, to me is the one that struck me the hardest because this is their plan. Yeah, well, they better, again, they better not be buying into the infinite growth thing. This You, you hit a plateau, that's where you end up. Is, I mean, it, a, is it enough money for you? If I mean, not, the truth you is... you got to figure out something else. The truth maybe is, the, thing, the other thing they're figuring out is to try to spread it to the other platforms. The truth is, they make almost $500 million, or over $500 million a month mm-hmm. off of Game Pass. Which you'd think would be good enough. You would think, yeah. Um, I mean, that's a lot. But is it a lot to Microsoft? Well, when you're not making money off of your software sales anymore, it may mm. not be all that much. Yeah. Because they're not selling their games anymore, as evidenced by the fact that a lot of retailers in Europe are removing Xbox Series games from their stores. Yeah. Also remember, like, that, so that's just what they're making, is, is their revenue, right? So we yeah. don't know what their operating yeah, costs we, are. Yeah, that's ir- so completely disrespecting yeah. their so, actual so overhead. Let, so maybe after operating costs, they are, their, their profit is about what it costs to make a triple a game now it's possible that's it's not bad but it's probably not what a giant megacorp like microsoft expects their game division to pull in yep. you know yeah especially when you're laying out the amount of money you are for the projects that the in-house stuff are making yeah like how much money you know and part of that is just like much like hollywood Y'all got to stop spending $200 million on this thing. Like it, it, and that's harder with games. And it makes a little more sense with games because they cost more than a movie ticket. Um, but, like, the, the budgets are really the main thing that's out of control right now in all of entertainment. Um, and it's like, if you if you make an $80 million... It's like, you know, the creator did not do very well, but it looks as good as anything else. Uh, Godzilla Minus One might win an Oscar for its visual effects, and apparently they spent $5 million on those. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy that's like a day's worth of budget for like yeah. a marvel movie yeah. of effects like it's, oh, it's yeah. that's crazy <clears throat> so like the thing is the, like the creator costs like 80 million dollars it looks amazing it's not very good i don't think and it didn't do tremendously well but you know what they only spent 80 million dollars on it yeah so it's not gonna bankrupt anyone no you're right same thing with madam web madam web is Apparently, the, I haven't seen it. Apparently, it's the worst thing ever. Ever. <laughs> it seems. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. um, but it made $25 million over yeah. the weekend. And that's not great, but that movie costs like $70 million. Yeah. And over time, plus streaming, plus home video, like, they're going to make that money back. Well, like, it's, would they rather make a lot more? Sure. But, like, that's not going to lose Sony Pictures money in the end, despite how terrible it is. Same thing with Craven. Same thing with Morbius. Like, like if you budget for 
disaster, you can pull it off. And like, I think Xbox should probably start budgeting for disaster in some of these cases. Yeah. Well, well, to your point, PlayStation, we actually left this out. One of the things they said, and they're doing, is they're cutting the budgets of their first-party mm-hmm. teams. They issued a statement just today saying that Bungie needs to get itself together, that it's wasting too much money, yeah, and that they're that. not going to sit back and let them keep wasting money mm-hmm. and blow through their budgets to develop, to develop, develop games. So... I don't know, Matt. It, it feels like there's a tide turning here against the $300 million video game. Oh, yeah, it has to. Um, I think it's a necessity. Well, we've been saying for years, like, you can't keep making these big bets on these yeah. tentpole things because eventually one thing's going to fall through. I mean, look what happened to Sony Bend. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Days Gone. That's the name of that game, right? Yep. Yeah. It's not like Days Gone was, like, a Last of Us level budget. Yeah. But it's like, they spent a lot of money it's on that. It's probably 120, and it, 150 yeah, it, mil. it didn't really... And you're just keeping the lights on yeah. for a year, two years, three years. Adds up. Takes a lot of money. You know? It does, yeah. Like, the people talk about... I mean, I don't... Not to... I'm not going to sit here and defend Chris Roberts and Star Citizen, but people are like, oh, my God, how do they spend all these... They made almost a billion dollars in 10 years. Like, that's about what it costs to keep a game development studio running yeah. for that long. Yeah, like, it that, does. Like, yeah, you average hundred k yeah, I hundred percent believe that they are spending all that money to keep the operation going. Yeah. Uh, they're just not doing anything. You know, there's like, not, they're not, not, there's no output, right? Yeah. But it's like you know, that's it's like it's not a money you know, it's not a money laundering scheme because like that's a reasonable budget for a triple A game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like one of the things is like maybe Bungie could start putting things out in every every year or every two years instead of <laughs> instead of waiting half a decade yeah, right you know yeah but i hear you but good that's one. the thing is like star citizen <laughs> wouldn't cost as much as it did if it came out when it said it was going to come out right. which is 2014 right <laughs> that's insane huh? yeah um so they said no game pass for switch or ps5 although i think that's only because switch and ps5 don't want game pass yeah well and also it's only it's because it's february yeah let's see what they say in may right yeah well i wrote a big editorial that ran over the weekend on sifted where i basically said like why does Xbox want to make consoles anymore? Because mm-hmm. if the goal is to grow Game Pass into this beast, you're just hurting yourself by running a console. The problem for them yeah, is... You're laying out a loss leader for no real discernible yeah. reason beyond, like, you've all, you've had an Xbox yeah. console out there for 20 years. There's really no reason for it. Because, but, like, maybe you make that a subscription brand now and not a hardware brand. Yeah, because here's the other thing. is So, sure, yeah, Nintendo and Sony, they're not going to let you put Game Pass on there because you're a competitor. Right. If you stop making consoles, you're not competing with them in that space, they're going to be way more likely to get to put Game Pass on their platforms. And if that's your mm-hmm. goal, creating a console is actually a detriment to your goal. Yeah. And the DNA of Microsoft is they are a, a software company. Yeah. They are an OS maker, yeah. really. Yeah. And you know what? You know who could use some help with their OS? Sony. <laughs> and Nintendo, let's be and honest. And Nintendo, for sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe you could make the eShop run a little faster. <laughs> hmm? It's possible. So anyway, it just the whole Xbox business right now makes no sense to me at all. At all. Especially I, after I see that Game Pass isn't growing that much mm, anymore. I think I think you you've just caught them in a transitional period and they don't want to kill you right now. Um, <laughs> it's possible. They I mean, I think they're just in the middle of a bunch of reorganization by through necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, you know, at some point it's going to come due even if they do pivot fully to a subscription software like kind of environment model over hardware, at some point someone's going to have to look at this huge stable of first-party developers they've put together and wonder if it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And that means a whole lot of other people are going to lose their jobs. I don't even want to go there. Um, that might be years down the road. Yeah, but, but it could uh, happen. Yeah, I, I, 
it's, I mean, obviously that's always a risk. You know, yeah. Certainly this year. Uh, yeah, for sure. But like, you know, it doesn't matter how well you do, it seems, because you still might get shut down. Yeah. So yep. I don't know. It's it's like I kind of see where they're what they're doing, and it's not like they have a lot of choices because they have ended up in the situation they're in. But it feels a lot of it feels like if you were going to do this, you should have made this decision years ago. Right. Yeah. They've been trying to straddle both yeah. sides of the fence this whole time. Like, more and more, it feels like Phil Spencer isn't really making the wrong choices, but it really feels like he's making them too late. Yeah. He's not... He's being reactive instead of proactive. Right. That is, He's been that way all along. Mm-hmm. He's always been reactive instead of proactive. And you can't do that when you're... And I'm, as a reactive person, I you know, I, I do understand that. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to wait and see what the situation is and then make the right tactical move. You can't really do that when you're losing. It's hard to be a leader yeah. with that yeah. strategy. Yeah. Or like you can be a leader, but you just have to have enough cushion that you can take a hit if you call it wrong. Right. And Sony and N- Nintendo have that. Microsoft does not. Yeah. Um, it's kind of burned through a lot of goodwill with yeah. the general consumer, I think. And I mean, a lot of the problems come from that, you know, the Xbox One era where the execs of the other departments took over and kind of, you know, frame fucked the took Xbox over the game into, being, into yeah. being like something that was useless for what it was, you know, primarily supposed to be doing. Yeah. And they've been playing catch up ever since. But I just, you know, more and more, um, it feels like. Spencer should have been able to. He needed to be more agile about this way earlier. I agree. And yeah. some of you, some of that's just slowed down by the legal ramifications and processes of purchasing these developers and all that. You know that does happen. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know. You know, it's easy to armchair quarterback it from where we are, obviously. But it's like it just feels like it should have happened faster. You know? I've been criticizing Phil for a while. You have, you have. Um, but it's like, I don't know. Like it just feels a little too little too late. At this point, yep. and I like I see the strategy. I understand what you're doing, but it's also like, like I guess I just like, does he ever sit up at night and just like feel despair over like as like, <laughs> like there's no does. way this is gonna work? Like how <laughs> I think the he fuck does, he works at Microsoft? Work? I mean, you're talking about like the buffer. They have the world's biggest buffer. True, <laughs> like, but that's not gonna save him. If, it won't save if, his job if they yeah. decide that he's not doing right. it well. Yeah, yeah. Um, although and that so, could keep him awake at night. You're yeah. right. Uh, a couple other things that were shared. Diablo 4 coming to Game Pass on March 28th. Finally, we're seeing one of the games from the big acquisitions coming onto Game Pass. This game, how long has it been out now? Six months? Longer than that, maybe? Like June. Feels right. Last year. Yeah, so I guess it's been yeah. more than that. Um, you comfortable with Diablo going to Game Pass now? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, if you're imagine you're somebody who bought it full price eight months ago, you think those I people did. are okay? Oh, you did? Yeah. You're okay with it coming to Game Pass that sure. quickly? I yeah. get to play it for eight months before it happens. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm done with it. I'm, yeah. I know a lot of people aren't, I am. Uh, but I am. I mean, I'm not going to play through the whole post game and yeah, all. This. I feel like I got my money's worth in this game. Yeah. I mean, I played the campaign for like 40 hours or whatever. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. Like. If I spend full price for that, I'm totally fine with it. So I have no problem with it coming to Game Pass either. I do wonder if Dot in the Xbox fans feel the way that we do about it, but I mean, Xbox fans are probably excited about it. But if you don't have the game already, yeah. Well, I mean, if you're, I guess the truth is, if you're a Dot in the Xbox fan, then you're a champion of Game Pass. So yeah. you should be very happy that this game has come to Game Pass because that's them fulfilling yeah, what they of, said they were going to do. So, like, you know, you buy the thing at launch, you can't be upset when it's half price. You know, six months yeah, later, that's but. absolutely true. Um, some rumors came through today from The Verge that Microsoft may be working on a handheld. How do you feel about that? Because I think this is an extension of... And one thing I, I didn't mention when we were talking about 
um, Xbox consoles is the other problem with Game Pass for them is that Game Pass is on the industry's least popular platform. Mm-hmm. You're trying to base your whole business model on something that has to run on a platform that nobody has. Now, mm-hmm. PC, obviously, it works on PC as well, but you look at like the install base of Nintendo or PlayStation, they destroy Xbox. You need, if you want Game Pass to be what you think and you said it's going to be, it needs to be on more successful platforms. I think that's where this is coming in, where mm-hmm. Microsoft is like, hey, maybe if we make our own version of the Steam Deck, then we, we have a whole new audience that we can then sell Game Pass to, and we get Game Pass working on the handheld and blah, blah, blah. The other thing, too, about Game Pass is, you know, you could maybe make a portable Xbox Series S at this point. I mean, Series S is small, man. Have you ever seen one? Yeah. The first time I saw one, I was shocked at how little they were. I was like, whoa. Like, I didn't realize they looked bigger than that when I watched saw them on video mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, I guess it... I don't think this is a good idea. Yeah. I um, think ultimately Microsoft will also think it's not a good idea. Yeah, because it's like, <laughs> why would you buy this and not a Steam Deck? It, that and just like... Because you can also... you. So why don't you just get Game Pass working on the Steam Deck? Like, that, mm-hmm. to me, is the real solution here. Why would you go back into more hardware? Well, ne- Valve's never going to want to get involved with that. Right, because they, want, they yeah, want you to Steam. buy the game. But you could partner with some... Because there's, like, four Steam Decks now. Mm-hmm. So you could partner with all the other ones, like the Lenovo one and all the other ones that are yeah, coming it'd out. it would be better to hook up with... Uh, but then, like, Valve could pull Steam support from those. Yeah, as retaliation. Yeah, yeah it could get dirty. I don't, I don't think... I agree with you. I don't think it's happening. Yeah, it's too crowded already. Yep. And then the final bit of Microsoft news from this week is that they are holding an E3 press conference in June. Mm -hmm. Even though E3 is gone for good, looks like Summer Games Fest is just going to roll right in and take over for E3. And they're having a big press conference in June, just like they normally would, which is great. Like, I'm glad... I'm glad Microsoft announced it already. Because now other publishers who are thinking about it, well, should we do stuff in June now? They're more likely to do it. So, that's good news to me. Um... Mm -hmm. I'm glad that there's still going to be some semblance of an E3 going forward. I mean, I, it, I kind of it, assumed it would be. It's the right time of year to like start announcing some things because mm-hmm. you want to talk about the second half of the year. It's about, you know, it's about there's a reason E3 took place when it did. Yeah. Um, once it settled out and stopped being anywhere from early May to late June, <laughs> which was weird. Um, but uh, yeah, so it makes sense that people are still going to have something to say at that time. Nintendo will do something around the same time as well, I'm sure, because they're going to need to explain what their second half of the year strategy yeah. is. Yeah. Um, schedule, at least. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And that's pretty much all the information that we got from the big Microsoft event last Thursday. Um, let's see what you guys are saying about this stuff. This is a big deal. I know one thing, my editorial on Sifted generated a ton of traffic and a ton of comments um and thank you i just appreciate that you guys read something because it seems like (laughs) seriously i mean i'm not meaning like because you can't read or what What i'm saying is like people just want to watch video anymore and like this was part of like our new fridays of content where you don't know what you're going to get on fridays and i want i wrote something and i was like i wonder if people are going to care if they're going to be like oh shane just wrote something i'm not going to read it no you guys absolutely read it thank you all for the positive feedback and for reading that editorial i really appreciate it for those of you who are not patrons or subscribers that editorial will be free here in the next day or two um, if you're a basic user on sifted uh, let's take a look at what you guys are saying um eth demon says steam deck is an open platform people have gotten game pass working on it okay mm-hmm. i mean that is kind of true like wouldn't it be betraying like valve's values if it were to be a jerk like that oh yeah but yeah i'm not saying it wouldn't happen yeah uh, you're right pound yeah. gorilla can do whatever it wants <laughs> you're right yeah um, as always, if you guys want us to address your comments, go at Sifted Games. That's how we find them in the chat. 
Um, Cinetyke says in, on Xbox's January Developer Direct, the game shown presented pretty good. Do you think those will move the needle this year? I'm really starting to wonder, Matt, if there's anything that Xbox can do. No, I mean, software wise. I mean, I'm looking forward to a lot of those games, but in terms of moving the, the mainstream needle into, like, no, no yeah. I don't see anything in there really doing that. It's weird the things that like do well and like, like what was the the one of the other things they talked about this week was that Forza Horizon Five adds like one to two million new players every two months or something. Really? Like Forza Horizon Five is like kicking Forza Motorsports wow. ass. Well, I like, mean, that's it's a lot more fun. It's but, a way like, better game. Yeah, but like Forza Forza Horizon is one of their big winners. Yeah, that's um, great. In Game Pass, you mean? In general, in general, like, like yeah. In general, but also Game Pass for sure. I'm I sure, Timbo, thank I'm you sure for a lot of those new new players are Game Pass players. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, they got another one this year because that seems to be one of their only sure bets. Vincent asked, "Could they make a con- Could they make a console that's a thousand bucks and still have like the S equivalent, a cheaper one?" I mean, they could. I I don't know. If that's a great idea, <laughs> but like, yeah. I think it'd be a terrible idea. Nothing's stopping them. <laughs> yeah. Mitchell Ness, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Erebus Jones, Microsoft have gone all in on Gen AI. I bet that's what he means. Oh, that could be true. Yeah. yeah. Again, every once in a while, you can't forget that a lot of times when they talk about stuff like that at Microsoft, they're talking about the the OS. Right. They're talking yeah. about the interface. That's where they come from. Uh, Monk's Glue, thank you for uh, Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Um, lots of comments here. Again, when you guys want us to address what you say, always go at Sifted mm, Games. That's so- a good, Vincent makes a good point there. Nintendo wants... Hi-Fi Rush and, and Pentiment to be their, one of their big anchor points in tomorrow's thing. That's oh. why he didn't mention them. Oh, interesting. So I guess we'll see those tomorrow. Oh, and, it sounds like it. And their partner. <laughs> I mean, Microsoft's their partner now. Manny DR1, y'all should do an LS Cream Shot Day segment one. We should, absolutely. We should mm-hmm. drink LS Cream on the show. And then watch what happens as we get to the third hour. <laughs> Um, I'm surprised you guys aren't saying... Well, you guys are saying a lot. You're just not saying it at us. You guys are discussing it amongst yourselves. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's pretty crazy, Matt, what's going on at Xbox right now. It feels like they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a good strategy. And yeah, Microsoft got in the console game because they wanted to force Sony and Nintendo to run on Windows. They never wanted to be console manufacturers. Who said that? Pharaoh Doll. Well, they were on Dreamcast, Microsoft, Windows CE. Yeah, Windows CE was the basis for for Dreamcast. Dreamcast. But I think that's it. Yeah, because no one else agreed to it, yeah. so they decided to make their own console. Yeah, like that—that that was how the Xbox was born. Is uh, if Sega had somehow magically continued, I bet they would have just thrown all their weight behind Sega. Yeah, um, which is funny to say, but uh, in hindsight. Well, when Supermaster Gamer says Xbox sold 23 million consoles and more than half of those are Series S, this means about 10 million Xbox Series X. This is worse than the Wii U so far. I think that 23 million might be a little high. Um, Pactor and I did a little math based upon some data that he had um, that he can't share publicly. And the number that he came to was like 18 million has been mm-hmm. sold. Um, just extrapolating across using different data points to get using a little bit of theory you'd use in like geometry basically to get to the answer and he thought it was more closer to like 18 million total sold um i don't know i mean that's just what he and i kind of figured out either way it's not great series x is (laughs) wii u territory yeah pretty much which we all know was a massive failure for nintendo Mm -hmm. a user-friendly dot exe says microsoft is the one that doesn't want game pass natively on steam deck it's a linux machine they would never want to develop anything on a linux platform that's Mm -hmm. a great point actually you're Mm -hmm. right no you're 100 right but again those other Steam decks, are they Linux also, or do they run on Windows? I don't know, actually. I, should I would know. imagine they 
probably all. I mean, because who wants to license Windows for that? Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. You still got to pay to put Windows on something. Uh, Manny DR1, it's reported PS5 is 2 to 1. No, it's, it's actually been reported that PS5 is 3, three to, to 1. 3 to 1 was what I saw. Yeah. 2 to 1 was a while ago. 3 to 1 is the latest update that we've got, and also what Pactor shared with me, and also the number that Pactor used to extrapolate the real numbers. Um, ETH even says they're Windows machines. Okay. Then maybe they could work, mm. something like that. Um, not Cirque says, yeah, Windows. Okay. Then maybe they could work out some kind of a deal like that. So... The times they are changing, Matt. That is a pretty roundabout way to try to grow Steam or uh, try to grow uh, Game Pass. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a lot wh- faster is try to get it on on uh, Game GameCube on, on <laughs> Switch. Yeah. So, what do you think, Matt? Do you think Microsoft should continue in the hardware business going forward? I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't see how you argue Sony into letting you put Game Pass on the on the PlayStation, especially after the war they just had over Activision. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what, even if you're not in the console business anymore? Not with the current leadership. I mean, maybe we'll see who the new president is. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they'll have a different take on things. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, but at the same time, I don't see a whole lot of stuff coming. I mean, really. Nintendo and Microsoft have actually been buddies for a while. Yeah, they're, they're doing okay. But like. Because they've, they've released already basically, like banjo would, games on Nintendo platforms. I would bide my time until Elder Scrolls Six, And if Elder Scrolls Six doesn't move the needle, you're done. You mean even done like with Game Pass? You're done being a being a platform. hardware manufacturer. You're done being a platform. Oh, so Game Pass would go away or Xbox? Game Pass is a platform. Game Pass is just a subscription service. There would be no Xbox okay. hardware anymore. Okay. Um, I know some of you may not want to hear that. Um, not unfortunately, that's just the reality. Well, also the problem is like there needs to be someone in third place, like. No Third comp- place has never been lucrative. No, but you know, it needs to be there. <laughs> yeah. like, like some, like only, like just Sony alone is a bad idea because uh, Nintendo isn't really competing with them. Like, well, they do offer an alternative. An alternative, like, I feel but like it's Microsoft not- and Sony have been very similar for a really long time. Yeah, but I, I just don't think leaving Sony without any competition is a good idea. Yeah, but I don't see anyone else who would step into that market. Because Nobody, because you have to be an idiot suicide. to join the console market. Yeah, I mean, you really would have to be. You're, why would you join a dying industry just now, trying to get your feet wet in it? That would be the dumbest thing you could ever do as a company. So. If Xbox goes away, I don't think there looking, will ever... Looking forward to the Musk 64 <laughs> in, a, in a few years then. I think if the Xbox went away, I don't think there would ever be a third competitor. I just don't think there would be. I, I think they'd be stupid, honestly, to jump into the console market right now. Somebody would be stupid. Ten years ago, that. sure, someone would have done it. Now, I don't think so. Maybe, but like we'll see what happens three, four years from now. Yeah, uh, Somebody might be dumb enough to see an opportunity there. There's, there's tech bros that, that think that. Yeah, they, a lot of hubris. But they could also say, well, if Microsoft couldn't do it with their piles of Microsoft cash. Microsoft is seen as a giant dinosaur yeah, to, to them. by some people. Like, well, the Microsoft failed because they're too big and old mm. and old-fashioned. Will Not nimble enough. A, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, it would probably not be any come to anything. It would be another Stadia or even another Amico, yeah. that kind of thing. That's the thing, though. In this industry, you can't be nimble. You you are literally driving the Titanic. You mm-hmm. can't just jitter around like yeah, you, that. Is, you will fail when your projects take three to five years. Yeah, you, you can't turn. No, there's no turning. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, you better know. make the right decision. Like every out time, the gate. <laughs> like every freaking time. Yeah. So anyway, or no one to pull the plug. Yeah, I don't think the story's over. I think the rest of the year we're going to be hearing little tidbits, little things here and there. 
Um, pay a lot of attention to how Game Pass does, although they don't share those numbers very often. I mean, it had been... The last time we got numbers, what was it, 25 million? I think is what they had told us. And now it's 34. So they waited almost 10 million subscribers to update us on the subscribership of Game Pass. So I don't know if we're going to get a lot of data around that, but just try to keep an eye on it because I think it's going to tell the tale ultimately of what happens with Xbox and Game Pass in particular. Um, let's see, you guys drop some stuff in here at the last minute. Um, Ethereum and Microsoft would be better off working with Valve. That's never going to happen. Um, the retro modern gamer Valve needs to bring back the Steam machine with the successes of the Steam Deck. I don't know what that means. The Steam machine, the PCs. Oh, the the little mini P, the shuttle PCs that they made. Those were an abysmal failure. Yeah. But you're right. That could kind of be the third console if Xbox goes away. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see about that. Um, and then he follows up with, or one Super Master Gamer says, let's be honest, after the three Red Ring fiasco, Xbox would be dead a long time ago if it wasn't for Big Daddy Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft definitely bailed them out of the Red Ring of Death, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but they're all, all three of them are like that, you know. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo would have been dead after the Wii U fiasco if they hadn't had, a, you know, billions of dollars in cash. In cash in the bank, yeah. Sony's got the backing of Sony Corporate because... Sony wouldn't have made it through PS3 yeah, if it so, weren't for them yeah. selling TVs and, and all the so, other stuff. Cause, well, cause, well, also because Sony Corporate keep them alive at any cost because they were the only division still making them any money, even in the, the, the no, you're PS3 right. era. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, if, if PlayStation goes away, Sony in general is in big trouble. Yeah. So there you go. That's the latest on Xbox. Next up, we're going to talk about the first game from today's episode. A game that I was really excited to play because it's right in my wheelhouse. It's a action RPG light, but it's a horror action RPG light. And it reminds me of a movie franchise that I generally like. I like the first couple a lot. and They've fallen off a little bit. And that's called The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Have you watched those films at all? I watched the first one. Yeah, that's the best one. So yeah. <laughs> you've seen the best one. Um, and The Conjuring is a film franchise about a husband and wife team that basically go around and do, perform exorcisms. Mm-hmm. That's the boilerplate. Essentially of. based on real real events, but actually based on con men. Right, yeah. Because yeah. in the movies, they're real. Yeah. In reality, they were not. No. <laughs> because See also the Amityville horror. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this game is kind of like The Conjuring. It is not, they're not married, but it's boyfriend, girlfriend, team. But I mean, instead they're of, basically married. They're, they're, they might as well be. They, talk, they mention when you first get to the town where like, there's an option to pick a dialogue thing where they're like, are they going to harangue us about not being married? And, and one of the options is like, I don't need a piece of paper to say that I'm with yeah. you forever kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is nice. I, 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 I like that. Um, they're definitely life Mates. Life partners. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, and they are ghost hunters. They don't perform exorcisms. They help ghosts move on, basically. Yeah. To either or they or they banish <laughs> them, which means you you destroy the ghost and they're obli- into oblivion. They're gone. But still, they're not left in limbo like they are. So, right. So they you find remo- ghosts they re- in limbo. They remove, they remove them from the living world. Yeah. Basically, they either choose for them to ascend or they banish them. But either mm-hmm. way, they're no longer stuck in limbo, basically. And that's kind of their gig. The game is set in New England, post-colonial, I guess is the best. Yeah, it's, I think it's 1697. Yeah. Uh, so it's in New England, right outside of Boston. And how the game starts is they travel to visit with one of their friends in New England. They get there. They find out that their friend has, in fact, died. And they try to console the wife, who explains to them that the entire village where they live has been struck in with a curse. And... Basically, as it turns out, it's your job to lift the curse. That's really kind of like 
the two-sentence plot synopsis for Banishers. Along the way, there's lots of twists and turns and things that happen. It's not as straightforward as I just made it out to seem because you start in this town, which is New Eden, which is the name of the game, Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden. You start there. You're only there for like a couple hours at the beginning of the game, and then you go out. And you don't come back, although your goal the whole time is to get back to New Eden. You don't go back there for a long, long time. Along the way, you meet tons of different people. The plot gets twisted all up. The story changes. The people the people who you think are the bad guys may not be the bad guys and vice versa. Um, I think what's, what I would say about the story in this game is that for the most part, it was very unnerving to me. The... The facial animation in this can be like mind blowing at times and then mediocre at other times. Mm-hmm. But the it, one it varies by character a lot. It really like the does. Characters are some of the best looking character faces I've ever seen. And sometimes you run into like side quest people who are like, Oh, you you didn't get the same amount of care yeah. on, on your head. But yeah. some of the NPCs in this are very convincing. Like one thing that kind of stuck with me as I've played this game is that it's unnerving. Like the people in the game are they're going crazy, really. And then a lot of the NPCs, you can see it in their face. They have this very, I don't know how to explain it, an unsettled, uncomfortable look about them. Mm-hmm. And the way that the character's written, that's portrayed that way as well. Yeah. It's also a constantly playing, like, like tension music. Like, mm-hmm. even when you're talking to guys in the, in the inn at the beginning yeah. here, it's like, duh. Yeah, it's a little heavy-handed at times. A little much. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like like this scene, the music is like basically like something's bad is gonna happen, and then nothing. And it's just a conversation. Yeah, it's just a conversation (laughs) with an old white man. Nothing, nothing happens. But basically, the plot of the game is you're just stumbling from one disturbed person to the next. You're you're finding people who are mm -hmm. being haunted by ghosts or are just mentally ill. And if you've ever read a story before, sometimes you'll run into somebody like, "Oh, that guy's doing this," and you're like, "Yep, that's exactly what's (laughs) happening." Like, and you got but you got to do an investigation and you got to piece it all together. Um, You know, there's a nice like element. You know, it, it is very clearly by the same team who did Vampire. Yeah. Um, and they've progressed a lot. This is, by the way, we should just say right now, a lot of people may hear that vampire and be like, oh, God, no. This is way better than vampire. Yeah. This, this is Don't Nod, which we're big fans of already. This is a huge leap up from vampire mm-hmm. in pretty much every way. Yeah. I will, st- I will say it still doesn't quite feel right. The combat's like, still not amazing. Combat's fine-ish. Uh, for fine-ish. Me, That's for, a good way to put it. For me, the problem is more like they don't move properly like there's a there's a weightlessness to how the, the main character moves um and they don't turn quite right yeah i just um, don't feel a lot of impact with the weapons when i use them. now it depends on the enemy my my issue is that like there's an element of just there's no way to make the move that feels appropriate to the tone of things i don't that's a weird way to put but they're they're so ga- video gamey mm-hmm. when they move around like they instantly yeah. like they don't speed up or slow down you know imagine playing the last of us except ellie instantly hits run speed yeah like it wouldn't re- <laughs> does, there's something about that that yeah. doesn't work you yeah know? and this one it's like it, it doesn't feel like they're 100 connected to things it has that kind of euro jank spiders thing it where, does, like, yeah. where you run up to like something and you're like the the prompt comes up and you hit the button but you but you then you to, move too far you and the prompt far. goes away or like, and... Or like the, <laughs> you have to wait until like a split second after the prompt pops up register yeah that happens all the time and this it's just there's a there's a snappiness that should be there that isn't there you don't feel 100 percent connected to the ui um and that's a real 
nasty nitpick to make to make about a game that is a that's so technically impressive in a lot of ways but it's the little things like that 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 make you feel good when you're controlling something yeah like it that's to the point that they really need to get those things right because it's the only thing keeping them something on par with a sony first party game yeah frankly. like they're, they're right on the edge and it's just frustrating where you're like, this is so well presented and so well written and so well done. And there's like the ideas are cool and the quest ideas are cool and the, the upgrades are neat and the interplayers is cool, like in terms of gameplay and combat. But it's just, you're constantly reminded that you're playing something that just doesn't quite have that polish on it. Yeah. And it's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, in a way of like rooting for the for don't not you know it's not in like oh don't not sucks they didn't get this right it's more like you this this could be like that much better you'd have something like in in potential game of the year candidacy let's talk about the the gameplay the big part of the gameplay is investigations um how do you feel how about the, how those are handled matt um i mean they're fine they're a little rudimentary um, basically, as long as you're completing the objectives to complete the side quest, you will automatically get the investigation stuff done. It's just sort of like if you want to go through it and sort of, um, you know, it's a little record of what happened. And then, like, they're mo they mostly seem to be there because at the end of most of the quests, you have to make a decision. Um, basically, you have to either choose to let the ghost ascend, banish the ghost, or murder the, the human and, like kill them and take their essence uh because all of that is leading to a big choice a big basically how the end game ends um and the choice to either blame mortals for the hauntings and and kill them and remove them from the board uh will lead to one ending and uh, ascending or banishing the ghost will lead to another um and so you kind of want those uh the the investigation records because they oh and they'll pop they pop a little like reminder like you know button reminder in the corner like when you have to make that choice, you can go back and look at all the all the investigation stuff and sort of decide who you think is right and who you think should be banished or killed or whatever. Um, so like that, I think that's the purpose of it is to kind of go through that. And I felt like I wasn't feeling a lot of feedback from the combat. I felt like I was attacking like paper mm -hmm. enemies a lot of the time. Well, they're ghosts. So. They are. <laughs> that's a good point. Although they are ghosts that manifest. That's it. Actually, happens. They yeah. manifest, and then you fight them. I definitely feel like you feel because sometimes you have to fight um, possessed creatures and people and animals uh, and knock the ghost out of them. Basically, yeah. Because I do feel like hitting those has more substantial weight to it a lot of the time. And then when you hit, because what at least in the feedback on the controller, like hitting those things has a harder vibration to it than hitting the ghost wraiths, which seems to be intentional. Interesting. I'm not, I didn't pick up on. that. I'm not sure that's the best choice <laughs> but it but i i think what you're talking about is intentional yeah um maybe doesn't really excuse <laughs> it but, well the way um, the combat works is you use the two right shoulder buttons for your light attack and your heavy attack um and then once you kind of build up like every other game once you kind of build up your meters you can start doing some of your other stuff so the other thing about this game by the way is that you can swap between the two characters on the fly you just tap the triangle button and you automatically switch between the two. Um, 
And there are combos that are built around that. Like mm -hmm. three punches with her, tap triangle, switch to him, follow up with a couple heavy attacks. As you start getting into the skill trees, those become more important. The team up stuff, the leading off with her, finishing off with him, vice versa. She yeah. uses her fists. Yeah, like she does. She, like she does more damage to possessed bodies. Yep. But he does more damage to ghosts. Right. And so, so she uses her fists in like magic, basically. And then he has like. A dual wielding, like I don't even know what the hell they are. So like a short sword and like they, a they mace. Both, they a short sword. He's a it's a flame, some kind of flame stick. So basically, it's like yeah. a, a holy fire thing. Um, it's almost like a torch. And she has it early on too. Mm -hmm. It seems to be basic banisher equipment. Yeah. Um, and so they do fight differently. Like mm -hmm. I prefer fighting with him. I only use her when I kind of have to, or as you said, when you're fighting particular enemy mm -hmm. types. I use her fairly. I mean, she's she's limited. Like, you can't be her forever. Like, there's a meter for that. Mm -hmm. So, like, you're kind of stuck with him. Well, it's symbiotic. Time. So, her meter goes down. You need to switch to him. And when you attack with him, it builds up her meter. Mm -hmm. So, you, they, the game forces you to jump back and forth between the two. You can't just choose yeah. to use her and keep fighting with her. No, you could use him as, forever if you wanted to. But you're not. You're going to take longer to whittle away some of those. It, it really enemies. is whittling. Yeah. If you try to f use him to fight the enemy she should be fighting, like every attack yeah. takes off like a pixel. Like the game teaches you very quickly, like mm -hmm. you need to be swapping out and using this other character. Mm -hmm. And it's seamless and it's really smooth and cool. When you like, there's one, one thing that I one combo that I got where like. So he gets a gun eventually, a rifle with unlimited ammo. But the trick is that like it's one shot. So you fire it, and then he has to go through this cycle of him like jacking the mm. gun down to like reload the gun or whatever. Yeah, Sixteen ninety seven. So. Exactly. Um, but there is one of the things on the skill tree that you can unlock and select is this thing where if you fire the gun, switch to her, and I think you have to punch like twice, switch back to him, the gun is reloaded. Mm -hmm. And so I have started learning to use that. Now the gun doesn't work on. It's not like a win all. Like, it works on some enemies better than other ones. Um, I found that it works really well on some of the mini-bosses that you fight in the game. Um, but a lot of the game is trial and error. Like, there's even one mini-boss that I, I fought where the first form, the gun wiped him out. Second form, the gun did nothing. And it forces you, oh, crap, the gun's not working now. I need to figure out other ways you know, to tackle this. The gun's better against meat, obviously. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And then there are some sections in the game where they take her away from you. There are these little, like, wards that they put in the game that, like, wipe her out, basically. She can't function. You have to search for, like, the wards and shoot them or destroy mm -hmm. them. Sometimes you can't even find them. And they're just like, look, this section of the game, you're without her. You're going to have to learn to fight with just him. So they do a really good job of kind of mixing up the combat. Mm -hmm. And it keeps it from becoming too much of a grind. But, Matt, I think my biggest criticism of this game is that it is just too one-note. Like, visually, auditory, the gameplay. It is generally just kind of very sad. It's bleak um, is yeah, the word I use to describe this it's, game. Uh, it is a, there's a melancholy to it. There, there's, not, there's, not, there's not, there is no um, comedy relief. No. Um, it is a game about a world where it is eternally winter and the dead walk and... Like peop there's like a bunch of things where like ba basically, but there's a lot of quests where basically someone, someone died and their ghost is haunting something, and the people that their loved ones have to kind of say goodbye to them again, mm -hmm. and like it's like, it's a horrifying 
like place. It's like, like it's, I said, like I felt unsettled playing this game. Like the, everyone I came across yeah. seemed like they were psycho or having mental health crisis or they were haunted. I mean, understandably, given what's happening yeah. in that area. And like, you know, they also, you know, the, the main villain, the nightmare is kind of like doing that. You know, everybody yeah. has horrible dreams constantly. That's one thing we didn't bring up actually yeah. is the nightmare, which is mm-hmm. the root of all the evil in this. There's a super ghost basically yeah. that has come to the village, the hamlet and has put the curse over the hamlet. And yeah, really the curse really is just the nightmare's presence. Right. Because as you said, it's giving people horrible nightmares. Mm-hmm. It's making them unstable and crazy. It's yeah. causing people to be haunted by their dead loved ones. And the ultimate question is like, what does she want? Because the, the the thing with with the hauntings is in this is you have to find out what they want, mm-hmm. and then either give it to them or banish them. Yeah. And the big overall question of the main story is, what does this nightmare want, and why is she there? Yeah. Um. You know, and as all as always with any good colonial colonial era American <laughs> town. Uh, some shit went down. Yeah, you know, she's mad about something. Well, as it turns out, I, mean, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. But you get farther into the game, you start to realize that some of the people in the town might be responsible for some of the crap mm-hmm. that's happening in the town. Never trust the town elders. Because you it's first always... get there, you're like the savior. Like you show up, and they're like, "Oh, your friend's dead, but can you still help us?" And you're like, "Sure, <laughs> I'll still help you." And you become like this spiritual cop basically you go around you find people yeah, who are having issues and you try to solve their problem you're ghostbusters yeah you're trying to remove haunting from their life basically and as we talked about there's a whole process you go through where you gather clues there's a separate screen that you go to that show you like the people and how many clues you've collected and then ultimately once you've collected all the clues you come to a huge decision point point. and this to me is where banishers really shines when you have to figure out whether you want so Without spoiling too much, because there's a huge twist in here that we're trying to avoid. Except it's stupid to avoid it because it's in the trailers. Is it in the trailers? Yes. It's very obvious from the very first trailer that she's what she is. Okay. Really? I, I didn't pick 100%. up on that. Okay. She dissolves in the first trailer. Okay. Okay. Like, so she's a ghost. And you have a choice. You can either sacrifice humans at the end of your investigations and bring her back to life. She mm-hmm. absorbs her essence or you can just banish the ghosts. And there are some hard yeah, decisions, hard. And man. And you can choose to ascend the ghost, which is like sending them off to the next world, or banish them, which means they're gone. Like, you kill the ghost, right. basically. Yeah. Doesn't but you're killing anymore. people. Like, you yeah. become a murderer. Yeah, to bring To bring, to bring back, your girlfriend basically. back to life, basically. And the, the thing that is interesting to me is that um, at early, very early on, you have to... S- swear an oath to yeah her. i thought to, that interesting they made you choose that, so early well because well, well, it does not what they do so, so very early on you have to swear an oath to either bring her resurrect her or help her ascend mm-hmm. you are not locked into that well yeah you can and choose so you can choose whatever to. you want but as you choose a, a, against your oath it will affect your relationship with her and her behavior and it does um and which is very interesting and like it's probably not like the ideal way to go through the game if you want to see sort of like an idealized playthrough of it, whichever option you choose. Mm-hmm. But it it does have a lot more branching to it than you think, and it kind of needs to be there because early on you're like, okay, well, I don't think this guy would kill people to do that, um, or like I do think he'd kill people to do that. But as you go and the, and the first choice is sort of like not super difficult because if you do want to kill somebody, if you have decided he would kill people. The first guy you choose to kill or not is pretty easy to choose to kill. Yeah. 
And but it gets murkier yeah. though. But if you don't want to, the first ghost you have to send on, like the the ghost and his demeanor is sort of like, oh, I would like him to ascend and and go mm -hmm. to his next. Like you can you can easily choose either one. As you and then like and like after that you kind of have this feeling like okay whichever one you choose you kind of feel like okay that's what I'm gonna do from now on, and then you start getting into the later stuff and you're like oh I don't know like, like it, it, they do, I mean it's don't nod so like but one of their strengths is they put you in these ambiguous ass situations and this these things where nobody's right and everybody's right and night nothing really satisfies you is sort of like oh that's not gonna be how I want this to end but I also don't want to do the other thing it's like. They're, they're, whoever they've got, the people they've got up, up at that don't nod place really know how to set up an ethical quandary. Oh, it um, was killing me some of the decisions, man. I literally like sat there a couple for of, Yeah, there's a couple of these where you just sit back and you're like, all right, how do we do it? And eventually I did sort of just pick a path and stick with it. Me too. But like, part of the issue. I chose to save her. Yeah, part of And I ended up feeling like not. a murderer. Oh, you didn't. I did not. I did. And I feel like a murderer because eventually you get to these places where there's two people mm -hmm. that you're deciding between they're both terrible they both had at least a little bit of fault in the haunting and why this stuff was happening but there's no clear bad guy and literally i'm like i'm just gonna kill one of them and that's mm -hmm. the game sells it that way too it makes you feel terrible about doing it and meanwhile as soon as you do that she's in your ear you made the right decision you did and you start to feel like okay like you're mm -hmm. I, I don't know like this game made me feel ways well, then you I, go the other direction and she she's also she's, is she mean no she's grateful to you for like helping oh, her for ascending on. her like she basically seems to support you no matter what oh okay um, interesting well i'm glad we both chose different options there but if you are no longer if you aren't consistent she starts to quite like what are you doing mm. like what you know, like oh you, if you start to go back and forth yeah. and waffle interesting so like which also makes for an interesting character. Dynamic. Yeah, so for sure. Like, that's an option, too. This is one of the Doesn't better choose-your-own-whatever's that yeah. I've played. Like, yeah. as far as the plot is concerned, the decisions that I had to make, how, make how hard they were to make. Yeah, it's a, it's, a compelling, it's a compelling scenario, and it's a compelling thing that they force you to do. Yeah. Um, and it's very hard to tell, you know, because a lot Which of Which option is going to be canon? Like, how do they decide, like, if they make a Banishers 2? I think if you made a Banishers 2, you jump way out of this just so ignore you, it well no i you, you you stay in the world but you don't do this same so it doesn't matter period. what our decisions yeah. i i would do a banishers see if i was gonna do a banisher sequel i'd set it in like modern day hmm. like i'd want to see what this world is a very interesting world it is and i would like to see what that world looks like in different time periods but it does wear on me this game it it, it mm. does remind me you you brought up a good an app comparison the last of us part two this game or the vibe that it gives me while i'm mm -hmm. playing it i i'm not excited to go back and play it again like i get ground to a pulp a little bit and i stop it's hard for me to convince myself to go back and start playing it again once i do i get hooked in and off i go but it's just that i'm like thinking about it i'm like the dread the uneasiness that a game give i mean it's effective mm -hmm. um very um, few games are like this so i i don't get that from this you know i i mean i i understand it's trying to create that mm -hmm. um i just don't why react that way because i don't react to things like that like that oh ever not really like i appreciate the atmosphere but it doesn't make me feel bad you know like it it, it doesn't affect my mood mm. like that and i like to go back into it because i'm like oh now what's gonna happen or like, mm -hmm. like what's and i i do agree that it's one note in that everything's regard. gray and brown the whole area looks i mean the, all the everything looks, looks the same, same. yeah, yeah. 
It's um, always gray out. There's never any sunshine. But in general, like I like the combat. I like the premise. I like how you know, I like any kind of Ghostbusters thing generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be very interested to see what this this world looks like in different locations. I would definitely vary the environments more in a sequel. Yeah. Um, might even have the sun come out once in a while. Um, <laughs> There's never any sun in this game. No, like, but but that's like that is the nightmare. Nightmare is doing basically the winter lasts forever because mm-hmm. the nightmare is a, yeah, yeah. You know, nobody nobody even knows how long it's been going on because no one can tell day from night anymore. Yeah, um, which it's is very partly, which is partly what's contributing to the fact that they all seem crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's very effectively done. Um, I would love to see them branch out because like they do have a lot of backstory and lore as to what the banishers yeah. are and how yeah. things work and how the different you know competing basically competing religious theories of what ghosts should do or what you should do about ghosts and banishers are kind of yeah, yeah. banishers are sort of the almost witchers. Well, even of, some Catholics are considered like outcasts in this, or they right. hide the fact that they used to be Catholic. Like there's all kinds of oh, yeah. undertones going I on. I mean, here. that was true in colonial times That's true. too, because yeah. you know, for, this, for is reasons. A, this, is a, this is a Protestant <laughs> country when it yeah. comes down to it. And the Catholics are weird idolaters. Yeah. People who worship the dung of their leader, the Pope. <laughs> so we all know. Yeah. Right. Um, but like, uh, it's, they actually do bring that up in a couple of letters you can find. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, but that is an actual real, anti-catholic superstition from back yeah. in the day and the game um, is kind of built like uh the recent god of war games i actually called this game jokingly the conjuring of war there, there is a god of war i mean clearly there's influence there. it's even got the shimmy loads and oh, there's a lot of shimmying but I'm, like the I'm, level design is like doesn't, doesn't annoy me as much as final fantasy 7 because yeah. i don't then hate what happens next <laughs> you know um but it is like the shimmying is a little you, out of control you're herded down a cattle chute every once in a while it breaks yeah. open to a bigger area well, but... and the thing, one of the things i didn't like is like and you see this uh you see it mostly through the game but like a lot of time like especially that first side quest with the with the guy and his friend um in the woods mm-hmm. there was an air there's a section where it's very clear because of basically the the yellow mold because yellow means go here yeah um, in every video in every game. video game <laughs> um there's like a little ledge clearly you can shimmy along it mm-hmm. to get around it but it won't like the, the lock symbol pops up because you can't go through it because if you go through there you'll find the body of the guy you're looking for and if you do that out of order it won't make sense what there's happened. a couple so there's a couple of things where like you just that, sort of railroaded that way where you're yep. like well you could i don't know you could have i don't know you could have the the ledge fall over and then now you can get through kind of thing. Right. but just the fact it's like no you they can't just put the can't do that yeah, you, the lock yeah. symbol up yeah you don't want to go there I'm like yeah i do it's like no you really don't no, yeah. you know. Campfires also a little bit like Dark Souls and games like that. You find campfires, you can save at the campfires, you can level up the skill trees. Basically, every time Antia, the girl, gets a new special ability, you get a new skill tree. Mm-hmm. And the skill trees have abilities for both her and him in the same one. And it's kind of interesting. I found that like sometimes if you choose one for him, it's an either or. Yeah, everything all the skills are either or yeah. on on their you, you'll never unlock the all of them basically or you can, you can choose between you can them. switch between them at will as long yeah. as you're at a campfire and you but can like, respec whenever you want but usually you're kind of like it's either like a like a i mean it's mostly it's speed versus uh heavy damage yeah like you can you can spec one way or the other and at the fire you can also upgrade all your gear there's like eight different pieces of gear um mm. i found that For like each yeah. yeah, if you if you uh, just let the game give you new gear, you never get new gear. I found all the best gear at like merchants. I just bought it, mm-hmm. and the the economy in this is really stingy. Like the first good armor I bought was like a thousand silver or whatever. Mm-hmm. I had played for like eight hours and I had a thousand and like eighty silver. Like they're very stingy. Although with the, the upgrades money. are pretty 
competitive. Significant, yeah. If you just upgrade to stuff that you have, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty... You can and if notice. you're looking around everywhere, because everything glows white, basically, you can find... I mean, they're pretty generous with the ingredients. They're yeah, not very generous with the money. Yeah, you're collecting stuff, and you're cra- and then when you get to the campfires, that's where you craft the upgrades to your gear. Yeah. And you can also fast th- travel to any fireplace for, or any uh, campfire mm-hmm. from there. And there's a lot of cool, like, side, little off-the-beaten-path things you'll find. And then she can see into the, into the spirit realm and uncover things, like your hand will glow with, like, blue fire mm-hmm. and if there's something hidden so there's a reason yeah. to poke around that way it, yeah, a his lot of cool below, so there's actually she... a little bit of soul reaver to it there. yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's so there's only stuff there's stuff that only she can see and you'll get a, like a little glow mm-hmm. on his hand and that tells you it's basically telling you switch to her and then search around the area and you'll find something that either she can unlock or a mm-hmm. door that she can go through that and her can't. ability is like lock you out of different uh, areas like mm-hmm. metroid style i mean it, it's combining a lot of different ideas it um, really does yeah and, uh, and most of it works like I, I i think it's good i i, I think it's good too yeah. i've really enjoyed my time with it again it is a very heavy oppressive game it's yeah. not like there's no levity in this game there's a couple jokes here and there but like it's not enough minor. It's, it's very good more the, wi- <laughs> the witches are funny yeah, yeah. Um, but they're the ones who kind of feel like outside of the cycle of misery, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because they're witches. Yeah. They're, well, you don't get to visit them until you're like ten hours yeah. into the game or whatever. Like, but that's, they're the closest things to like well-adjusted people, right? In the that's game. the funny yeah. part about it, and they're the witches. Um, like, pr- like uh, presentation-wise, technically the game looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, some I'm, of the NPCs, as you mentioned, some don't of them, look great. Like, I'm, I'm continually impressed by it on the on my PC. Like, yeah. I'm just, playing on PS5. Like, but... the rain falling on people's clothes is remarkable. And the ground. It like looks it great. Lo- like, it looks like... You can see, the like, the felt and the fabric getting wet. Yeah, yeah. And, and saturating. Yeah. And, like... Like... Uh, but, you know, there's some... Like, they make people cry real tears in this. And sometimes it's like, wow, that's really convincing. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> it's, a, like, a funny. It's, like... Yeah. It's, like... It's just, like, water falling out of a faucet <laughs> on their face. And you're like, ah, yeah. that didn't quite work. But, like, I appreciate what they're after. Yeah. Pre- like, they're going for some stuff in terms of, like, emotional presentation. And, like, I appreciate the ambition. Yep, me too. Um, the audio. Again, it is clearly a descendant of Vampire. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, but way better just, in pretty so much, much every better. way. Ex- although the, the guy looks a little like him. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's true. It's funny to me. Like, they, they almost have a, a, a recurring actor at yeah. this point. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the facial expressions, especially early on with the town, like, very impressed like like some of the best i've seen it's like, really matter of fact the first time you the first scene you when you start the game is they're in they're sleeping in their little cot on the boat they're on and there was a quick moment where like is this a, is this cg or is it right quick, I couldn't that live action tell. Yeah. and then there was a quick like gra- graphical glitch I'm like oh that's real that's yeah real. It, it's very good yeah like, it's a good looking game there's a couple things where inter- where people interact with each other physically which you have to because there's ghosts like yeah the idea that you can touch something or not touch something is actually important because ghosts is. can't are incorporeal yeah and like they do a really good job of making things feel like concrete when someone touches them or you go through them if they're a ghost like that's really hard to do. Yeah, and they did a they did a great job. Of, like, don't nod is is uh, like I remember the time when when vampires announced. I'm like, can they do an action RPG? They've never done that. They like, can. they're like, give them one more game, and I think they're they're they're, they, there. they're up there. They're yeah. they're in the top echelon of people making this kind of action RPG choose your own dialogue kind of thing yeah they're they're really good now the audio matt mentioned the music can be a little heavy-handed i agree with that completely i also noticed a couple times i'm playing on ps5 telegraphing a little bit yeah it's like okay it's like you're like okay it's almost you, like Dead Space. It's ruining like, the no, surprise. Stop ruining it. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I got, oh, is the necromorphin here? Is the fucking orchestra <laughs> showed up? Okay, go away, yeah. John Williams. Get out of here. Yeah. 
We're trying to play a game. But I have noticed that, like, when I pause the game on PlayStation 5, you let it sit there for a little bit. Like, the music has looping problems yes. where it doesn't loop correctly. You get some audio pops. Like, there's still... Oh, on, my, on the, the PC, a couple times, cutscenes have frozen. But not, like, it didn't hard lock. The music's still playing. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? And if I, if I alt-tab out and come back, it starts back up again. I don't even Bizarre. need to... I've never seen that before. Usually, if something freezes, you've got to quit and yeah. restart. In this one, if the, if the cutscene freezes, I just alt-tab out and come back in, fine. Resyncs itself, no problem. I really enjoy this game. Yeah, it's very I'm good. I'm not quite finished with it. I've played a lot of I it. I think it's actually underrated. Oh, yeah. Metacritic. What's his Metacritic right now? Like, seven. That's like wait. That's too low. Yeah. I would put this in the, in the mid-eights. Yeah, me too. I've had a ton of... I wouldn't say fun, but... No, it's not an upper at all, but no. it, it's very well done. It's it's engaging. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. for sure. Uh, it's called Banishers Ghosts of New Eden. It's available for PC, PS5, Xbox series. Um, I say get it. Yeah. I mean, I, if, I, this is this is probably the best major release of the year so far. It's been it's pretty damn good. Um and at, is it 70 bucks? I didn't buy it. They sent it to uh, me. I didn't check the price. Do you remember? I can't remember. Probably. Okay. Um, I don't know if I would pay seventy for it. That's maybe a little. I mean, games are going to be seventy. They now. kind of it's are. Just, yeah. Even the Switch Two, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, Zelda was so. Um, yeah, but Zelda's Zelda. But I really enjoyed my time with this. I'm a big horror guy. I like The Conjuring. Um, I think you've kind of figured out by now. Um, Vincent says Banishers is eighty-one. I go a little bit higher than eighty-one. That's not too far out of the realm of reason, though. Okay, actually, it's, sixty dollars on consoles. It's actually, it's fifty on Steam. Oh, and sixty on consoles. That go get it. Fifty on Steam for yeah. a, and a three dollar Wanderer set DLC. Yep. Yeah, that's absolutely worth it. Yep. If you listen to our conversation and nothing turned you off big time, and you've watched the B roll, I know our live audience wasn't able to watch it, but if you're watching the archive, you're able to, and you watch all this, everything's mm-hmm. copacetic. Go buy it. You're gonna like it. This is. Right now, for me, I know other people may say Hello Divers too, but for me, this is easily the most pleasant surprise so far of 2024. So, I mean, the most pleasant surprise for me is that poker. Oh, (laughs) we'll talk about next week. But also because like this doesn't really surprise me. Like this, this is Don't Nod's trajectory at this point, especially this team. I think they're different from the Life is Strange team, or at least slightly. Mm -hmm. Um, There's probably some overlap, but like these guys are on there, much like spiders. I think they're on their they're path. They're right on the cusp. They're right there. <laughs> they're like, really close. Spider, like they're, they're about to like, you know. I think this is better than any Spiders game, by the way. Yes, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Spiders and them, give them a, another couple games here. I think you are. Um, you have a, you're in the realm of, developer. You're in the realm of not really missing the Bioware RPGs anymore. Kind of. Yeah. By necessity, because they just don't fucking they make, don't make them, them anymore. <laughs> So there you go. That's Banisher's Ghosts of New Eden. That's two thumbs up from Game Face. We both recommend that you pick it up. I saw uh, a screenshot of somebody who had put 15,000 hours in a Dragon, Qu- Qu- Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> okay. 15,000 hours. Oh, man. Has it right. even been out that long? I don't know. So what we're going to do, we're going to try to bring the show back to normal here. Um, we tested out the B-roll or the video footage for other games, and they seem to be working okay. It seems like the Bannisters footage mm-hmm. was the problem. The person so- spent 1.7 years of their life playing Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, go touch grass. Yeah. <laughs> Leave the hinterlands. Yeah. Um, all right. Next, we're going to talk about a game that we actually discussed last week, and we're not going to discuss it all that long. The difference now is that I've actually had a chance to play it, whereas Matt had already spent a ton of time with it last week, and that game is Ubisoft's Skull and Bones. 
Um, a long time coming for this game. Way too long coming. Mm -hmm. Now that I've played the game, holy long. moly, I can't believe it took that long. I mean, I realize that they, they you know. started over like three times. Right, I get so. that. But if this is what you ended up with, like, mm -hmm. it's really crazy. Um, and the first thing I do want to say, and I'm probably going to say some things I don't like about this, and I don't want to taint my overall impressions before I state them. And I will say this. I enjoy playing this game. Yeah. Like it, it is complete. It was very nice to go. I was flipping from banishers to this. It, it was the perfect palate cleanser. Mm -hmm. I'm like playing banishers, this crazy, heavy, like dark, like horror game. And then I'm sailing the seven seas with the beautiful ocean and I'm cruising along. And like some people who I don't know with weird usernames are cruising along mm -hmm. alongside me. And we're like you know, swerving in and out of each. Like there was a Zen to playing this game that I really, really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Um, However, even though it's like, you're like, there's nothing particularly compelling here. <laughs> and everything I'm doing is just menu navigation. Why am I enjoying this? But I get, but I am enjoying it. I, I played this game for like 40 hours. You've played it for 40 yeah, hours? I, I can totally see that happening. Like, and like some of that's just because it takes so long to fucking sail anywhere. Yeah. Um, and like, it fa I mean, eventually fast travel becomes more feasible because early on you're like, 400 silver? Are you out of your mind? Like, I can't afford that. Now it's like, I get 400 silver for opening a, a wrecked ship. Right. It's nothing. Yeah. I haven't got um, to that point. I have not played it for 40 hours. I've probably spent 12 hours with it, something like that at this point, yeah, roughly. I finally, I finally have medium-sized ships. So oh. I'm sailing around and like all the starting players are like way down there. I'm like, yeah, hello. It takes so I can run over long. you. Yeah. It takes so long to level up ships. Yeah. It feels like it takes like 20 missions before like you actually, oh no. Okay, no, I thought it's, I... Just, it's just the footage. <laughs> I almost had a, had a heart no, attack. The, um, it feels I mean, like it takes like forever to level up one level of your ship. Well, because you have to up, you have to build the upgrades. Yeah, because so it's not the time isn't like grinding. It's you got to go find the ingredients or go find the blueprints or whatever. And it does tell you where everything yeah. is. Like yeah, you, know, you go if you highlight the thing to craft of the blacksmith it'd be like you don't have the blueprint for this and it'll say like, you, you can get this from whoever at wherever mm -hmm. like okay i'm gonna go over there and get that so i went over and get that now i need to to make it now you, need to, you can just pin it to your tracking and it'll tell you it'll tell you all the ingredients you need and it'll mark on the map where you get all those ingredients whether you can buy them or whether you can find them or whether you can pirate them from a trade route like it's all right there for you like it, it, there is no mystery here in terms of what you need to do next except for some of the investigation things which is supposed to be a mystery, so that's fine. I mean, I'll um, just say this. I'm impressed with the proficiency of the game. Yeah. As, here's the thing. Yeah. As a game, as a service, I think the problem maybe with this game and how some people are receiving it is that they're looking at it like it's supposed to be an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, they're looking and at it's it as, not. As, as like a Black Flag extension. And I think they're like, oh, you can't go on foot, and why Why can't I go and run along the buildings? Like, I think the expectation, and I right. understand why, totally understand why the expectations are the way they are, but I think that is souring. It's poisoning the well for this game. Yeah. I think if you look at it, it's like, this is just a game as a service where I have a ship that I gradually improve over time, and mm -hmm. I go out on these missions and these sorties to find stuff, and I just sail the seas. And I think you look—it's a better game if yeah. you look at it that well, way. Like I don't miss running around in city, you know, and the on foot stuff is really not great. I mean, you're not there's no gameplay in it. You're just sort of running. And mo there are shortcuts just, to get everywhere. You're getting basically. the mission and then bringing um, the stuff to finish the mission. Yeah. And then and you're working, you're going to the blacksmith, and and you're going to the a very boring cutscene yeah. to, to get to it. <laughs> yeah. I do think once you get the the black market open and the 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 helm 
I don't know if you got to that stuff. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. Um, like that's more interesting. Like it's more of a secret society. That's almost an Assassin's Creed. A thing little bit. It's, like a little it's bit got the vibe. Yep. And it gives you like something to work towards. It isn't just like trying to please this dipshit who hangs up. <laughs> like that, that that first pirate captain like leader guy. I was yeah, like, yeah. You are a giant loser, and I'm overthrowing you in the instant I get a chance. Yeah. Sure, I don't think you probably can because it's so MMO driven. Yeah. I'm sure he's there forever. Right. Like, but. Like and I do think like the the ship stuff is interesting. There's a lot more variety in what you can do for, in compa- compared to the Assassin's Creed games in terms of designing which guns go. You can pick where, where you know the guns and types of guns on each side of the ship and the front and the back and the bigger ships have an auxiliary like mortar in the middle. So you can you really got an arsenal going at some point. You can customize them. There's blueprints for different you know effects, things that cause more tearing, things that cause fire, things that cause yep. poison, things that I mean there's tons there's things that cause healing. Like you can shoot other players and heal them with your yeah. guns. Like I was pleasantly surprised by the depth of the game. Yeah. yeah. It's just outside of that there is no depth. Yeah. You know, it's it, that's it, all there is. All yeah. the depth in all the game is in upgrading your ship to do more stuff so you can upgrade the ship to do more stuff. Pretty much. Um yeah. which is fine. Like that's a that's a kind of a treadmill that I can get behind. The as one, soon as I started playing this, I knew you were, you yeah. loved it. The one thing that I, I I do think is a valid complaint that I do miss is like the fact that you cannot board the other ship and finish the fight yeah. like you could in the Assassin's Creed it's just games a is cinematic. really yeah. disappointing. Like, like that was kind of the big finish. Yeah, you, know, you, you wore them down and you got over there and you hacked them all to pieces and you yeah. it really felt like that kind of that that swashbuckling yeah. vibe. Yeah, for sure. And like, yeah, you'd have to basically design a completely new game system for that. Like, yeah. I, but I believe if this game succeed, if does well, they will add that eventually. Probably. Um, this I don't vibe, know how well this is sold. How well is this doing? It is no Helldivers two. Yeah, it, as far as hard, sales, yeah. Well, yeah. But also in terms of concurrent players, it's hard to tell because it's not on Steam. Right, right. Yeah, this game reminds me a lot of like No Man's Sky. Yeah, there's some elements. That's, that. So I started playing it. And I'm like, I see why Matt is enjoying this a lot. Exploration for the sake of exploration. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, there's no real goal. It's mm-hmm. like you're just becoming the king of the high seas. Yeah. Like there's no like there's this bad guy that we have to kill, or there's this thing that's happening that we need to stop. It's just like you're a pirate. Pirate, you're doing pirate shit. That's it. Yeah. And like this, like it is an interesting. I've seen people complain about the setting. Like it is kind of a general. Indian Ocean setting, yeah. but you know, over on the left is kind of the coast of Africa, and over in the middle is the coast of India, and then mm-hmm. you go up far enough, and you kind of get some China stuff. Yeah, yeah. like it, there's a mix of cultures there that you just don't see yeah. in games much, and I think that's really interesting. Like it, setting it away from the Caribbean and where like the other Assassin's Creed games had this makes it way more interesting to me, mm-hmm. um, and lets you kind of have. I will say, like the I, I'm unimpressed by the the cosmetics for the for the captain yeah also because like i I mean i'm playing a female captain and you can't like there's no layering of clothing so like like you can't put like a top on and then put like an over jacket over over it so basically i wanted a pirate coat i wanted like a big long pirate right right so i got one but no matter what you put on she always either you have a shirt on or you put the pirate coat on, it goes over the standard, like, rag yeah. bra. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm wearing, like, fucking Long John Silver's <laughs> outfit, but I've got, like, like like a burlap sack wrapped yeah. around my boobs. Can I, like, like can I put something, on, like, some yeah. under? Because the because the male character puts that on, he just looks cool. He's got right. a bare chest, dude, like, ah, I'm just wearing a coat and nothing else. Yeah. Fuck you. But, like, the girl looks like she's, like stole a guy's coat and is just sort of like homeless like it's, it's, i'm like can't you make the girls look cool too like there's yeah. got to be a way to like add some under under things that don't look like they that she just pulled them off a dead cat you know it's like <laughs> it's it's a very weird aesthetic oversight yeah um 
I here's here's my big hang up with this: the price. Um, I would be cool if this were the price of Helldivers 2. If this game came in at $40, I would wholeheartedly recommend it to pretty Especially much everyone. Especially because they're trying to sell you so many things. Right, because it is very heavy-handed with yeah. the game-as-a-service stuff, yeah, because that's what it is. Yeah, and it's all cosmetic stuff. It's not important to the game, but... There's some company like there's a cat I really wanted, but like I would have had to spend like twenty bucks on in-game currency to get the cat. Yeah, and I'm like I like I don't want to give you the. Also, I tried and it didn't work. Yeah. So like in, on PC, I went you know I went to the thing. It's like oh you wanted. I'm like yeah. So it takes me to the Ubisoft app thing, and I it wouldn't load the store page. And so I went to the website. I'm like can I buy it from my guy? And that wouldn't work. And I'm like okay if you don't want my fucking money, I guess I don't want your fucking cat. You know, yeah. like, so that was the end of that. I didn't think about it again. So I, they almost had me in like a little moment of weakness. But you, one of the things about like tricking me into buying impulse purchases is you have to make that painless and instant. Oh, yeah. You can't give me time to no think delay. about it. No yeah. delay. And, and I thought about it, and I'm like, no, I don't need to do that, do I? That's stupid. So like, you yeah. lost 20 bucks, Ubisoft, yeah. because your fucking UI doesn't work right. I mean, 40 bucks is even a little bit of a stretch. Like, I have a feeling that someday this game's going to be free to play. Yeah, I mean, eventually. I mean, I think that's the last ditch move. Yeah. I mean, I would depending hope, on how it does here over the I next. I hope they don't. Also, flamethrowers are overpowered. Um, uh, the combat is pretty much straight out of Assassin's Creed 4. Yeah. They haven't really changed hardly anything. I mean, there's new weapons that you weren't able to use before. So, like, the flamethrowers yeah. are new. There's some, some like, you know, rocket things and torpedo things that are not super historically accurate. But, yeah. you know, we're not going... But there's, there's ghosts and shit in this. Yeah. No, they're you, not trying to You fire to be your real. guns. You block with R1 on a play, on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get them whittled down to nothing, you pull up alongside them and you board them and you take all their stuff. And that's pretty much the extent of it. My big frustrations with this game were when I would die. So if you get killed out on the open sea... You have to sail all the way back to that point to pick up all your cargo. And if you die again, you lose everything. So I, like an idiot, had not been putting stuff in my warehouse. Because I'll be honest with you, I couldn't quite figure out, like, what needed to go in the warehouse and, like, what I should keep on my boat. I hadn't learned the game well enough yet to you know. Should, you have to. You should put crafting stuff in the warehouse and keep commodities on the boat. And I had not done that. And so I went out and I died. Like they sent me on this this mission to take on this boat that like I couldn't even like take any health off of. And it was like when I first showed up, it's like shooting off fireworks and crap. And it's like that first elite boat. Yeah, so. I could. I'm like, dude, they hit me once and wiped me out. And I, so anyway, I die. I've respawned back all the way back. I sail all the way never, back there. Never ever respawn at the dock. Always pay the money to respawn. I started. On the I started doing that because that starts you like literally less than a minute away from your wreck. I, so I started doing that eventually. And usually the guy who killed you will ignore you. So what happened was I you don't have anything worth. I did pay anymore. the money to respawn closer to where that happened. They still mm. spawn me a ways away. But I get back there. You're right. The big boat didn't attack me anymore. All the little boats did and wiped me out and I lost everything. And I quit then. And I don't know if I'll go back and play again. Like, I don't, maybe you can tell me, like, how big of a setback is that? Depends what you had on the boat. I mean, I'd only been playing for 10 hours, so. Not a whole lot. I mean, I had, um, I can, I can, just, if I go to one specific, really the only thing you need is ammo, which you don't lose when you die. And, um, the, the only reason to keep uh, commodities and, and crafting stuff around is to build the new upgrades. So, right. like, 
you don't need to keep the fine jute around or the bog iron after you've upgraded your ship beyond what needs that to be upgraded. Okay. So if you basically what you need to do is you go in and you decide what you want your next upgrade to be, be it a new ship or whatever, new cannon or whatever thing you want to build. You track that, go over there, harvest the living shit out of the resources you need to make the thing that you can, you need to craft that thing and then do that. Okay. That's it. So I it went, sounds like it's not that big a deal. Once yet. I kind of really buckled down, I was like, okay, I need to go find stuff and go do that. Like I, um, I had I had upgraded my ship from level five to level nine in like two hours. Wow! Just by because I, I just fo- I didn't go deliver anything. I didn't do any quests. I just look like put pin the thing to tracking for the what I wanted to craft. And I, a, sh- a new ship, and this got a medium-sized ship. I went out, I already had a lot of that stuff, but I went out to where it was, because I explored the whole map already, obviously, because mm-hmm. I'm me. And, uh, and a, su- a surprisingly little amount of stuff you need to uncover before the map just completely uncovers itself. But, mm-hmm. uh, like, I was, I, I, at one point I opened the map and all the fog of war was gone. It was just the whole map was revealed. I'm like, oh, when did that happen? No, you didn't even that. realize it. No, I didn't realize what happened. It was, but I would say only, like, 60% of my map was was uncovered when it did that. Uh-huh. Like, there's a whole section up north that I've never been to that was uncovered because they just let the whole map go. Here's point. where a shark almost jumps on the boat. Yeah, also... <laughs> Have you seen they, that? Yeah, oh, yeah. That, 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 that. But, like, also, all those sharks are listed as hammerhead sharks. None of the sharks are hammerhead sharks. Yeah. They are all normal <laughs> sharks. I don't know what the hell that's about. Also, Faradol's talking about, like, you don't have to kill any sharks in this game. No, no. Yeah. That is an optional quest early on, or one of the requests people will make. You don't have to actually kill any sharks. Don Lionheart, thank you for Twitch. Matter of fact, I didn't understand you could kill sharks. Because the, fir- the first thing... When the, the B-roll time- we showed last week, you're like, yeah. oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, I, the only time you can really uh, interact with, sh- with sharks forced that way is you have to go pick up some lost cargo, and the sharks are in the area, and they'll attack you. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, like like an hour later that I realized that you could throw harpoons in nah. that small ship, yeah. that small boat. And I'm like, oh, that's why I kept getting attacked by sharks and was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I can't dodge the sharks. What am I supposed to do? So, you know, I got through it without killing any sharks until I took a quest where I was supposed to go get shark skins. And I thought they were going to actually give me shark skins to de- deliver, but it turns out that it's just someone tells you we want shark skins and you have to go get shark skins and then bring them shark skins, which I think should be worth more than 100 silver. Yeah, I would I would agree with that for sure. The economy in this is kind of stingy too. Because those, the other thing is like those missions for the skins force you to switch back to that small starting boat. Oh, and like so you have to go to a port, switch to the small starting boat, offload all your cargo into the warehouses, which is really how I learned how the warehouse works. Right, made, I couldn't carry everything on the small boat, so I was like, I guess put it all in there. And then I take the small boat out, and you got to sail this tiny boat that goes like four knots all the way around the fucking island to kind of find the hippos, you know. And, like, <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, I'm never doing that again because it's just not worth it. Yeah. Like I haven't killed an animal in like twenty-five you don't have to. hours. I mean, there are some missions that ask you to like get skins or whatever, but otherwise, yeah. you but don't I can, I just go buy those because like it's yeah. easier to go buy them than it is to waste the time. To switch to the small boat and sail all the way over to where the animals are, and then sail all the way back and switch back to the other boat. Like, just buy them from somebody. Like, yeah. there's no reason to do the hunting missions in this. But I will say, I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, I enjoy it more than it deserves. Maybe honestly. that's a good way to put like, it too. <laughs> like that's the only way I can put it. Like I, I yeah. like I pretty much agree with that like 63, 64 Metacritic rating. But I really like it. I would probably give it a little higher. I think than a sixty three or a sixty four. I would if if the combat had more of a more heft in terms of the ending if, yeah. if the boarding the ship wasn't just everybody pulls the thing in and you yeah. get like five extra gold you know, yeah. it's, just, it's just sort of dumb like yeah but it, it is a satisfying loop 
And yeah. again, it's different from all the other games that I play all the time. It's relaxing. It's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like even my wife was like, you know, we we went past a boat. You could hear like the other boat singing and everything. Yeah, and, like, it's nice. She perked up and she's like, oh, like that's beautiful. Like I was sailing over like crystal blue water. Like mm-hmm. it's a different vibe. When they go out in the open ocean, it's just giant storms. Yeah, and, and you can see it. them moving in. Like yeah. from like a hundred yards away, you can see the clouds and like you're mm-hmm. in sun, but you can see. It's just like when you're standing on the beach and you yeah. can see a, is, a storm cloud. There is away. a lot more. Ni- there's a better physics on the boats in this than in any of the Assassin's Creeds. Yep. I will say that. That's true. I, although there's some, they do ride a little high in the water. But mm-hmm. if you have like a mortar or a bomb- bombard weapon, and you fire off from like a distance, if you get the the range right, and it hits that other, it, it comes down on that ship, and the ship like rocks when you hit it. Mm-hmm. Like that's real satisfying. Like, yeah. like especially when you hit it far enough out that it's not aim assist, it's not turning the thing yellow, but you know how far your bombard flies. Well, once I learned that, I could fire it off and hit it like dead center on the deck, and it just and it would miss its shot because I bounced it so hard. I'm like, yeah. that's great. Yeah, like, yeah. I, there are some great moments in it. this for sure. Yeah. They have caught me off guard, and like again. I've enjoyed the game more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, even after all the delays and everything, Ubisoft still made a decent game. Yeah, and like it's it's fun how it like, kind of eases you into things. I think they do a pretty good job on that. Like like learning, the like getting into the helm thing, into the black market stuff. The first time, because like one of the the it's almost a side game where like you can gather different uh, you know like like stuff for to make whiskey and stuff to make uh opium and stuff like that and like that's like you 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 craft that and it takes a long time like you have to like basically throw it all in it takes like an hour to Mm -hmm. to craft all that like while you're not doing off doing other things and you take various um jobs to deliver them and it's worth a lot of money and worth a lot of infamy which is how you level yourself up to get more access to better equipment um, but it does automatically send rogues after you who are like kind of, you know, because the idea is like the the helm, the helm group is all rogues and there's no rules about who can take what from whom. So you're basically as you know, you're going to get attacked by these red, red flagged pirates as you go do this. And so I hadn't really done a lot of fighting yet in mm-hmm. that part of the game. And by that and all of a sudden, just this quick run from the main town down to the bottom of that, the, the end of that other island to the to the west, I fought like. 13 guys like it just <laughs> they just kept coming because uh-huh. i made the rookie mistake of um of choosing all the, the missions at once because they all went to that same time like oh, i'll just do all four of these at once which meant i was getting like everyone was doing the the you know the the little per- t- telescope thing on me and seeing i was carrying valuable cargo right. and every npc ship in the whole game was coming, coming at you. me and like there were and like fights were breaking out between the the french ships and the rogue ships because they'd hit each other by accident right, right. and all of a sudden there was a fight between them so I'm like, well, at least they're shooting at me like so that was like That's a great, great trip like, it took me yeah. it took me like half an hour to get through all that and then like you offload of the cargo and everyone's like well you don't have it anymore i guess we'll leave them alone it's like <laughs> it, it, so that yeah. was a, a lot of fun like there's there's it's a it's good yeah it's not not amazing not amazing and it's like kind of just don't think about how long it took to make this yeah, game it's just, just play like, the game just play it yeah. and like try not to judge the combat ending by assassin's Creed. like like really if 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 you could board the ship and finish the captain like do that whole thing even if they just had a better cutscene, than right. the quick pull, yeah, and like because it, it is the cutscene is pretty yeah, crap. It's just dumb. It just looks <laughs> yeah, really it bad. Is, yeah. It's just like give me give me a little more heft to that. That's yeah. about all I want from yeah. this. So there you go. That's Skull and Bones. It is also only available for PC, PlayStation Five, and Xbox Series. I don't know if that's two thumbs up from us, but I think it's two encouraging. Yeah, ratings <laughs> better than expected. It's a, vibe. It's a it's a um, 
It's a mildly surprised, positive, tilted yar. Like, <laughs> so are are uh, you gonna recommend it for our viewers, Mati? Mm. <laughs> it's, it's better than that accent. There you go. <laughs> All right, there you go. That is skull and bones. Uh, next up. We have our New York Sneaker Society Sneaker of the Week. But before we do that, check out their ad. What's up, everyone? Shane here. And one thing you may not realize about me is that I am a total sneakerhead. That's right. I've been collecting Nike sneakers since the early 90s. My favorites are Air Max 95 and Air Max 97. Now, one thing that's different about me from your typical sneakerhead is that I actually wear the sneakers. And because of that, they can get dirty. And that is where New York Sneaker Society comes in. Using their advanced shoe cleaning products, I turned an old pair of Nikes that looked like this into this. With their cleaning products, your sneaker life can go from a year to five or more. I know that I have shoes that are like 30 years old that I still wear because I've cleaned them. You can also lower your carbon footprint, haha, by keeping your kicks looking fresh. For my daily drivers, I also appreciate New York Sneaker Society's Refresh Spray to keep them smelling great and staying crisp. Head to nysneakersocietyco sifted to clean your shoes like a pro at home and get 10% off your order. That's right, that's nysneakersocietyco sifted for 10% off. So the first thing I wanna say is that they sent me this awesome cleaning kit and you saw me using it there in the ad or whatever and I cleaned up one pair of shoes and I was like, wow, like those shoes look great and like I'd kind of written them off. And so this weekend I had a, believe it or not, I had a little bit of extra time and I started pulling old shoes out of the closet. And I was like, let's see what these cleaning things can do to these shoes. And I have now revived three pairs of shoes that I had completely written off that I would probably never wear again. Go to nysneakersociety.co slash sifted. Get yourself an old kit. I guarantee you've got a couple old pairs of shoes that are just hanging out in your closet that are just in there and you think I'll never wear them again. You buy a kit from New York Sneaker Society and use it. It literally takes like five minutes with their cleaning stuff. It will revive your shoes and make them look like they're new again. Now, Matt, to your point last week, if you wear out the soles, nothing you can do about that. Although I would say this, they may look new still. Yeah. <laughs> you may, won't feel new to yeah, you. They'll, they'll, look, they'll look good as long as you don't look under them. <laughs> exactly. You don't sit with your feet up or whatever. So anyway, once again, go to nysneakersociety.co slash sifted and pick yourself up a cleaning kit. You will not regret it. It literally will revive all your shoes you got just laying around that you thought you would never wear again. Now, moving on to our sneaker of the week. This was an easy pick this week. This is a game that Matt and I have been tracking for a while, and it's kind of flying under the radar. It shouldn't be, though. This is a game you guys I don't think it will be once it gets closer to release. I don't either. Well, the reason it is our sneaker of the week is because they sent out preview code to a few select outlets, meaning GameSpot and IGN are really the only ones that got it. And they did previews of it. They were glowing. And that game is Unicorn Overlord. Matt, you drafted this mm -hmm. on your fantasy team, right? Yep. Um, I have a feeling this is going to might be the game that kind of wins you the league this year, honestly. Um, it is a turn-based strategy RPG from a studio called Vanillaware that doesn't put out his games as often as we would all like. But all their games are just stunners. They have mm -hmm. this very unique house style of visuals in their games that and their games look like no one else's yeah they, they kind of have a moving painting element yeah 
Um, I am very excited for this game. I think it comes in March. Yeah, March. So it's not much longer to wait, just a few more weeks. This is another one of those hidden gems for 2024. You should keep your eye on. Also, I would recommend you follow this game on Sifted. Just search for Unicorn Overlord, go to its game page, click the little gear right next to the title on the game page, mm -hmm. and select follow. And anything that we ever curate for this game will be pinned to the top of your sift so you won't miss any information on it. But the game is coming out here in a couple weeks. Information is going to start ramping up big time on this game. Uh, Matt and I are already excited for it. You should be too. Unicorn Overlord is our sneaker of the week. A big thanks to New York Sneaker Society for sponsoring that segment and for sponsoring Game Face. And with that, it's time to talk about our last game for episode 377. It's a game that I don't think you played, Matt, did you? I'm guessing no. no. <laughs> I, I forgot about that one. Okay. It's ah. interesting that, like, to me, like, even though I'm, you know, in the gamer bubble, no one I know talks about Nintendo stuff. Mm. Like, like, no one mentioned this game. I was surprised, because this is... So the game is Mario versus Donkey Kong. It is a Game Boy Advance game from 2004. I do remember that I played the original game. Yeah, that has been completely redone for Switch. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it because it's a Switch exclusive and a smaller one. But I was shocked to see that it was the top-selling game in the UK this week. It outsold mm -hmm. Helldivers 2, by the way, was number seven. Mm -hmm. Now, I get this: the charts, those UK charts are physical only. And obviously, Helldivers 2 is mostly an online game. But I was surprised that it was at 7. Um, but this game was number 1. Mario vs. Donkey Kong. So I was kind of surprised by Nintendo that. Nintendo owners tend to gravitate to the physical stuff no matter what anyway. So there's, there, there is an advantage there, too. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but anyway, it is a top-selling game in the UK. I don't, I can't say for good reason. I have enjoyed this game. I Well, well let me get through the discussion. I'll tell you whether you should pick it up or not. Um, as I said, it's a GBA game from 2004. Um, basically, you're seeing the, the plot, if there really is one. Basically, there's these mini Mario toys that are the big hot thing that nobody can get a hold of. Everyone's pining for them. Nobody can get them. They're all sold out everywhere. Our boy Donkey Kong goes, and he, uh, he takes all the remaining stock of the toys and runs off with the bag full of the toys. And then, of course, it's your job as Mario to go after Donkey Kong. Mario and Toyka. Mario really has extended himself too far. You think? Now he's running like, a toy company. What else can he? What else can the man do? <laughs> um, so anyway, the the, like the Jeff Bezos of the Mushroom <laughs> Kingdom at this point. Yeah. So it's your job to get all the toys back, and that's that is laid out in the game. So basically, how the game is designed: there are six worlds in the game, and there were six in the original, and then two bonus worlds that are exclusive to the, to this new version for Switch. So they've created two brand new worlds just for this. Within each of those eight worlds, there are six levels that you have to complete. After you complete all six of those levels. First, you play an extra level that's like a Lemmings-type thing, where you have a bunch mm -hmm. of the mini Marios that follow you around. You have to help them get to the end of the course. And then you have a boss fight with Donkey Kong that repeats pretty much the whole way through the game. And I will say this right off the bat. I finished this game in its entirety in like three hours. Well, what you should really do is just file an insurance claim and <laughs> continue production. Yeah. I mean that's that. Although that might <laughs> actually take, that actually might actually take longer than three hours. So maybe <laughs> he is doing the right thing. Here. Yeah. Here's what I really like about this game, though. Like I'm an OG old gamer, as you guys know. I was birthed in the arcades. I spent my whole childhood in arcades, 
And what I love about this game is that it is built around the Donkey Kong arcade games. So there are tons of elements from the original Donkey Kong arcade game in this. The hammer, the song that plays when you use the hammer. Um, there are tons of stuff from Donkey Kong Jr. in this where you're using the vines to go back and forth and you have like the two hands and you can go up faster or you can slide down faster if you have the two hands. I like that they're bringing back some of these old elements from these classic arcade games and putting them in this game. Now, again, this is a remake of a game from 2004, so maybe I shouldn't be giving Nintendo too much credit for that, but it was nice to go back and kind of experience some of those elements that I haven't really rubbed elbows with for a really long time. Now, the objective of each, of, of each level is twofold. So there's two screens you have to work through. On the first screen, the objective is to, and you're seeing here, is you need to pick up a gold key and then take it to the lock. And that's pretty much all you need to do. However, as you can see, looking at this B-roll, there's all kinds of obstacles and things that go in your way. There's switches that you can flip that make some um, barriers and platforms appear or disappear. You have to figure all that stuff out ultimately to get the key to that lock and put the key in. Now, the second one is you are collecting the actual toy. Um, so you... The only objective for the second screen is just to get that mini Mario toy. Now, across both screens, there are presents. You can see in the top left there in the B-roll that there are presents to collect. And sometimes there's two on the first screen and one on the second. Sometimes there's one on the first and two in the second. But if you want to get a perfect score, you need to collect both the key and the mini Mario and all the presents. And that's where the game gets a little bit more challenging. But overall, my biggest criticism of this, other than its length, and they're kind of tied together, is the difficulty. Most of these, these uh, missions, you play them the first time, you usually get through them. If not, pretty much guaranteed you're going to get through on the second try. Now, this game also has a cooperative element that you can play with your kids or the younger ones in your family, and there is a separate mode for that. Like, there's an easy mode in addition to the normal mode, which already is way too easy. So, I managed to breeze through this game in like no time. I was a little disappointed in how quickly the game ended. There are extra things that unlock at the end. Like you, there are challenges that are like a lot more difficult. There's a time attack mode if you want to perfect your skills or whatever. Uh, but for the most part, once you play through all of these once, you've kind of played through them already. And I kind of struggled to find a lot of the replay value. Now, another thing about this is you have one hit deaths. So if Mario gets hit, like, he can get hit once, and then the second time he dies. But for a lot of this stuff in this, if you hit an enemy once, you die. Um, and again, thank God the game is really easy, because there's some wonky-ass stuff in this game. So one of the big problems I came across is if you're climbing up or down a ladder, and say you climb up, and there's a platform there, and you want to get off the ladder and go on the platform, it hardly ever works the way it's supposed to. Another big component of this game is picking up stuff and throwing it. You can pick up trash cans, you can throw it at enemies, and it'll kill the enemies, and then eventually they respawn. Or you can pick up the enemies themselves. And the game does a bad job of messaging some of this stuff. Like, the first time you try it, a lot of times, it fails. Which tells you, oh, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. The couple times I did get stuck in this game, it was because I was trying to pick up something, like an animal or whatever, and it wouldn't let me pick it up, and it kept killing me. And I was like, oh, I guess I don't need to pick up the animal. As it turns out, I did need to pick up the animal. And it, like the game doesn't do a great job of showing you how to do that stuff. Now, once I did, it was very easy. I'm like, oh, I need to pick up this animal, throw him into the spike pit so I can jump on top of him and not land on the spikes and make it across the platform. That's kind of how this whole game works and how the whole game is set up. So, um, again, the challenge, severely lacking. 
in this game, but I do think it's a good game for younger players. It will make them think. It will help them with their critical thinking skills. I think it's a good game to play with your kids to help them sort their way through these puzzles. None of them are so difficult that you'll be like, I don't know what to do. I can't tell my kid how to get through this. You'll be able to tell them how to get through, and they'll think you're a genius. <laughs> so they said eight different worlds, six missions per world. You complete all six, and you play the lemmings, and then you play the boss fight. Um, the two extra new worlds that they built for this are called the Merry Mini Land, and the second one is called Slippery Summit. No surprise, Slippery Summit is basically the ice world, and it is kind of cool how that world relies on you learning how to use the physics and the momentum in the game to run and then duck and slide like underneath platforms and things like that. I would honestly argue that the two new worlds in this were probably the best in the game. Probably not a surprise, actually. Mm -hmm. All that time to kind of think about the design and everything like that. Um, as I said, there's two-player co-op. There's a really easy mode. Um, if you get a gold star on some missions and you keep going through the missions, eventually, like, sometimes things will pop up on that, the one where you got the, the gold uh, rating. You can go back, and there's, like, this little mini game that you play that give you a bunch of extra lives. I got to the end of this game. I had, like, 80 extra lives. It's not a problem. But those mini games do pop up if you need to find uh, some more if you are having problems and you don't have enough lives left. Um, the controls, as I said, there's some issues with them. The jumping in this is weird. It's like this, you can jump, but it's like this pre-canned thing. Like first you do a handstand and then you do one jump and then you tap the jump button again and then he'll do like a higher jump, but it's all like predetermined and hard to control. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't just give you typical Mario controls in this. Because it's Donkey Kong. Yeah, I guess. That's why. That's how he jumps in Donkey Kong. No, you're right, actually. Like, that is one of the... Also in the original Donkey Kong, remember, it was hard sometimes to figure out if you had got to the top of the ladder mm -hmm. and you were able to start going horizontal. And you had to wait for him to do his, like, little bend over. It, right, his little thing. So some of those elements have, have transferred over into this. For some people who don't know what the OG Donkey Kong was like, you may be like, WTF, what the hell is this stuff? Um... And then there are some levels, Matt, that are just like mean spirited. That they, I don't understand why level designers do this sometimes, where the level starts and you get good at it. You've maybe tried it once or twice. And so you know exactly what you need to do and you try to run as quickly as you can. They time like the fireballs from enemies to like mm -hmm. perfect. Why? Why do games do that? It's like they should reward you for getting better at the game and knowing what you're supposed to do. Instead, they're like, nope. You're going to have to stand on the sled on this ladder, wait for the fireball to go, and then you can go up. Like, there's all kinds of stuff it's like called, that in it's this. It's called design for the speed run. It, it is kind of, I guess. I don't know. I found it really annoying. Um, but again, despite all its quirks and issues, once you get the hang of it, most of the missions, you're going to finish it in the first or second try. It does. I will say this, too. It doesn't evolve as much as I would like over time. Like, it felt like it got easier as it went, as you kind of got used to what the game expects from you and what the parameters were and what you could and couldn't do. It actually kind of got easier as it went on, which I found was a little weird. Um, obviously, it's a huge upgrade over the Game Boy Advance original. Like, it's there's no comparison between the two. Everything about it looks better, sounds better. Everything about it is better. There's cinematics now. In the GBA game, they were just still screens with, like, text. Now, obviously, they have the full CG cinematics to move the story forward. It is vastly superior in every conceivable way to the GBA game from 2004. So now it comes to the, to the question, should I buy it? And I would say the only people who should buy this game are people with kids. Playing this, it's almost insulting at times how simple this game is if you play it by yourself. 
Play with your kids, though. I think you're going to get different rewards from the game that you wouldn't get if you're playing it by yourself. And I think this is a good game for kids to play. It helps them with, like, their deduction skills and their critical thinking skills, puzzle-solving skills. All that stuff is important in life. And so I would recommend this. If you have a kid that you like to play games with, I think this is a good purchase. I think your kid will love it, and I think you'll love playing it with your kid. However, I would not recommend it as a purchase if you plan on playing it just by yourself. Any questions about it, Matt? Yeah, for 50 bucks. That's yeah, it's, it's a little steep. Um, yeah, I see in chat everyone's talking about how it's 50 bucks. Vincent says, uh, related to that, thoughts on Peach essentially being a kid's game according to the previews. Did you see that today? The Princess Peach previews went up today? Some of it. Um, and it does look like it's a very simple game. Yeah, it doesn't super surprise me. Yeah. But we some... kind of had no idea what that game was, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so my surprise a little bit. I didn't get that vibe from it when I saw the trailers, but... Um, yeah. Link So Good says Nintendo should have remade Donkey Kong 94. 64. Oh. A lot of people I, don't like Donkey Kong 64. I hate Donkey Kong <laughs> A lot of people hate it, yeah. Although I will say um, one of my main problems with Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong 64 is the render distance. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't see the bananas. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can see the level, but you can't see the bananas. They appear as you get closer. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, that's... That's a deal breaker. You can't kinda. do that. Like, I yeah. can't see that there's a thing there. I need to get what the fuck are you doing? It's yeah. that and the switching between the different apes to like get the different. Like, there's four. Was it 500 bananas in every level? I like, had one banana left to get. Hate, hate. I have 99.99999999% mm-hmm. of Donkey Kong 64. That is, like Donkey Kong 64 is the pinnacle of rares. Hubris. Collectathon, whatever. The collectathon yeah. hubris. Where it's like <laughs> you thought I was gonna fucking do that. Like, and I a lot even, of people did. Like I did. Make it through Banjo Tooie. Guilty. Yeah, I, I, I played Banjo Tooie out the ass too. I played Tooie way more than Donkey Kong. Yeah. I mean, I also don't like Donkey Kong as a character very uh, much. Like, I don't. I have no affection for him or Yoshi. Yeah. Like the animals in the Mario <laughs> series do not do anything for me. Yeah. Um, the only good thing about Donkey Kong sixty four is the DK rap. Yeah, which is pretty good. Which I thought about using for our next segment, which is, of course. That's right. It's Name That Game Tune brought to you by soundwizardry.com. If you have any audio needs, no matter what you're working on, what you're doing, if you need audio that needs fixed, you have audio that needs created, you need you have audio that needs to be punched up or improved, they can do it all. As I've said before, they have fixed horrible... <laughs> I may need to get soundwizardry.com to fix this episode of Game Face after what's happened today with the TriCaster. We'll see. Um, but that's what they can do. They can rescue audio that you need fixed. They can do so many things. They can do it all. Go to soundwizardry.com. Again, impeccable resume, working on some of the biggest games in the industry. If you're a publisher or a developer watching this, you should absolutely hook those guys up on your next project. But anyway, now on to the fun. Name that game tune. I play you five samples from a video game. It could be music. It could be sound effects. You don't know until you hear them. And you try to guess the name of the game. And Matt, there's some headphones for you right yeah. there. So in the past two weeks, you guys just played against each other. This time you're playing against Matt Kyle. And be, yeah, the it's not the cord isn't very long, unfortunately. And I wish you luck. That's all I gotta say. I have a feeling Matt is gonna get these no problem. And look, if it is a case, Matt, where this is too easy for you, 
we may go back to just let them play against each other. Because yeah. I don't want it so that you're winning every time. Um, and I don't think Sound Wizardry does either. No. They want people I'm to win. I get to the point where I'm just like, I know it. Well, I'll just say, I know it. Yeah, you could do that too. We'll or see you, how you know what you could do? Write it down. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Write it down on a piece of paper. We when you think you know what it time, is. Or you want to just see how it goes? Okay, we'll see how it goes. Give me the pen back, Matt. <laughs> the power of the pen. Um, a couple things to keep in mind when you're playing Name That Game Tune. First of all, you can only win once per calendar year. That's not a big deal now because hardly anyone has won this year. But as the year goes on, it does matter. You can only win once per calendar year. So if you have one, don't play. In fact, the person who won last year or last week, Eric Cartman is, do not play. Um, the other thing is, is you must play PC games because the winner of this gets a free PC game download code. So if you're not going to play PC games or you don't know somebody that you can give the code to, and that's totally fine if you want to do that, don't don't play. Because we want to give this, the, the prize to somebody who will actually use the code. Um, and then finally, the chat goes on to slow mode whenever we play, which means you can only send one chat every 60 seconds. So do not spam the chat with a bunch of game titles hoping that you guess it correctly. You're going to guess it wrong probably. And then you're going to be able to know what it is and it's going to be too late. You're not going to be able to put your guess in. So only guess when you think you know what it is. Otherwise, you could end up burning yourself. Okay, Matt, let me turn up the you're going to hear me now but let me turn up the headphones for you is that good a good level for you more too low more more how about that is that good that's good okay maybe a little more all right i'll give you a little bit more of a bump how about that that's good okay so here we go we're ready for oh what happened to oh we lost our net input just give me one second Got to get you guys back into the game here. When our TriCaster closed, we lost mm. the connection with you guys. So let me get you back into the show here. Just take me one second. This is one thing that I don't have to take a ton of time to do. And there you guys are. Okay. Are you ready, Matt, for the first piece of sound for yeah. Name That Game? Are y'all ready? Here we go. Here is the first sound effect for this week's edition of Name That Game Tune, brought to you by SoundWizardry.com. Here we go. Hmm. Let's I see. know it. Let's I see don't. if we get any guesses from this. We'll give you guys a little bit of time. Now, it's hard. Like I feel like the first sound effect is harder than the first image when we used to use screenshots for this. Galaga is a good, good guess. But they just got it. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's it. You just yeah. won. <laughs> you guys are just too damn good. That's crazy. A lot of people got that. Yeah. It's funny. Like, like I know, like, once they said that, I was like, oh, yeah, it's Galaga. Yeah. Um, but it was That like, first note is so, like, something yeah. you don't hear normally when you play it. No. But the sound is. Yeah. That, but it's like, the. Um, it was funny. Like, I heard it, and I could smell it. Like I could smell the arcade, an arcade cabinet from that. I'm like I know that's an '80s game because I can smell it, but I couldn't remember exactly which one. It was one. It's one of those sounds you could hear in the background of an arcade all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm god tier at Galaga. One of my favorite arcade games. I don't think I would have picked it up from that first one. No, it, I didn't. Like I, I knew the era, but I didn't know yeah. what a game it was. Well, here's here's the second one. You can hear these get more obvious as we go. Here's the third one. Here's the fourth one. Yeah, that one giveaway. Well, here's the fifth one is the dead giveaway. It's the same one. 
Was it the same? I think they're different. I don't know if those are different versions. I mean, it's the same. Those are labeled as different in the soundtrack anyway. (laughs) I mean, I think one's a slightly different. There's like a more of a reverb on the second one, but it's the same tune. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That's Name That Game Tune for episode 377. Let me go and see who actually got it first, because you guys, a bunch of people guessed it very quickly right away. Minority Games. Minority Games, congratulations. You are the winner of Name That Game Tune for episode 377 of Game Face. Great job. Um, I I was surprised. I really didn't think anybody would get it off of the first one. (laughs) And I'll be honest with you. I have, at this point, I have no clue... How much time we have left in the show? Well, it's 4.25, so... It sounds like we're pretty much wrapped up right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we probably don't have time for Q&A, unfortunately. Sorry, party people. I do want to say thanks to you guys, though, for sticking around for through our technical difficulties that so we had people to play Name That Game Tune with. I was really afraid that we wouldn't be able to do it, but you guys stuck around. We appreciate it very much. As always, you guys are awesome in chat fact-checking us, making sure we don't have to do like a, hey, we screwed up last episode on this stuff thing that a lot of other podcasts do. We just, you guys check us in real time. We bring you right into the show. So much, much love and a bunch of thanks for you guys for sticking around and making the show. JM Rain, dropping some tier one subs at the last minute into our audience, basically rewarding the people who stuck around to the end of the show. That is awesome, man. Thank you so much. Um, And I'm sure our users appreciate that as well. Um, so we'll be back next week. I'm hoping the TriCat... It seems like everything worked okay at the end here. I don't yeah, know. It seems like it was just a bug. I think it was clip. a bad clip. I've never seen TriCaster do that, but I am very relieved. <laughs> Let me just tell you. So we'll go back. We'll assemble the show. The show. The people who watch this archive are probably going to be wondering what the heck we're talking about because it will look like nothing happened, but man, stuff happened. Um, so thanks again, guys, for being patient and waiting while we broke down the stream to get everything fixed. And thanks for sticking around to play Name That Game Tune. Um, if you're watching this show on YouTube or you're listening to it out on any of the podcast services, and it is on all of them, um, please consider heading to patreon.com sifted and give us a pledge. As we mentioned in last week's episode, we're going through some financial things right now with our credit card processor. We could be about to get hit with huge fines and charges. Every little bit helps. Um, I would say go to our donation portal. We're, that's still not back up. In fact, that's probably not going back up until like the end of March. Uh, because we just want to make sure that everything is locked down hardcore before it goes back up and we open up portals where people could try to jump in. So um, if you could go to patreon.com slash sifted, that would be awesome. If you can't do that, review the show on the podcast service that you're listening to it on right now. Go and give us a five-star review. Talk about how awesome Game Face is. It makes a huge difference for us. And if you're on YouTube, like the show. Subscribe if you're not subscribed already. Um, All that stuff helps. There's a ton of stuff you can do for us, even if you don't give us any money that we appreciate very much. You can help us out with Twitch Prime. If you're watching on YouTube, go down in the description down below. You can figure out how to do all that stuff. There's so many ways you can help us, even if you don't have any money, and we appreciate all of it. So thanks again, everybody. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.